we have to keep him we have to keep him grounded because otherwise it's just like oh you beautiful mm-hmm. man and your beautiful custodians and it's like you know the music of angels when you appear so we just fuck have... you Alex <laughs> you fucking dick right that, that's going at the start of the just podcast just to remind you you're scum <laughs> Miniature soldiers, big opinions. This is the Conclave Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Conclave 40k podcast. It's I'm Adam, the legal department, and I've got the whole team with me here today. So we've got Ed, the Sandman. Say hi, Ed. Hello. We've got Rich. Hello there. And of course, we've got Quipster. Hello there. Rich, I can't believe you stole my thing again. What the fuck? Not yours. <laughs> it's my thing. We've already discussed this. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi's thing and you're just a you're a thief, mate. You're an I, a, George Lucas <laughs> estate is estate, he's not dead. George Lucas is going to come <laughs> after you with a baseball bat. Um, but anyway, more I have the high ground. Oh god. Anyway, oh. more importantly, we have a very special guest with us. Uh, we have uh, epic gamer Dr. Hellstrom dude, the OG Death Guard gaming group himself. Everyone, it's Mikey from Hellstorm. Hey, what's up gamers? <laughs> <laughs> that was an excellent title. I think I don't think my Twitter name could fit everything in there, so I have to I have to like routinely change it. But yeah, OG Death Guard Gaming Group. Yeah. Yeah, and, and actually, do you know what? Seeing as seeing as we've all we've all sort of gone through names, how did you get that nickname, Mikey? Uh, because uh, another channel stole my um, stole my uh, graphs because I basically made a video about math hammering Death Guard and then someone posted those graphs in the group, the Death Guard group, which is mine by the way. I made it, um, <laughs> and then someone another channel like stole it and then like was like, oh, I just found these in Death Guard group and it's like got my logo on. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I should say that we, we they, they did message me and uh, apologised, and you know they gave full credit afterwards. I just want to make sure I get that in there just before <laughs> anyone starts that. We'll, we'll, we'll edit that. We'll edit that bit out. Just keep the beef going. It's fine. <laughs> ah, no, no. <laughs> I don't like not editing this. I don't have the power. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. So, uh, so Mikey has has uh, joined us today uh, from his, uh, his 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 hobby castle uh, up in up in t- north of England, um, where he is going right. where he is going to be. Uh, yeah. Unlike unlike us, but we've had a little bit of snow in London today, and everyone's gone mental. He's like, you know, the king in the north, just fur coat, snow. He's fine. Um, so oh, yeah. we're going to be talking a little bit about obviously. Uh, Mikey's hobby history and who he is and also uh, more importantly about the ninth edition competitive scene what's going on because Mikey is very much uh, a part of that and is participating in the Las Vegas Nopen which we will cover shortly so to kick us off let's start with the obvious question and we have discussed this a little bit before before the start of the podcast so we know where this is going and it's it's going to be quality so Mikey how did you get into this glorious hobby of Warhammer 40k? Okay, so there's actually two stories to this because I almost got into the hobby and then I didn't. Um, and then I got, actually got into the hobby a few years later. So once upon a time, I don't know if you guys knew, but there was a magazine called The Lord of the Rings Strategy Battle Game. Hey! Never um, heard of it. <laughs> I'm going to put that, you know that sound effect? The da, da, da. I'm going to put that in there. <laughs> um, so we've just been talking about this. This is why I brought it up, but it's like, uh, my, I basically saw that in the shop and I got my mum to start collecting it for me. I used to spend all my pocket money on it. 
and then um i start getting it and then i got a bit bored right sorry sorry in advance <laughs> this is the sob story now though but i was like i got to episode nine and i saw there was a cave troll in episode in in the episode in the 10th magazine so i said to my mom i want the cave troll then i want to stop because i want my spending money back you know it was a, i can't remember how old i was i must have been like seven or eight at the time i don't re- anyone know what year the strategy battle game came out uh sometime in the mid bush administration uh, I d- yeah, I don't know on my head, but but yeah, quick quips the dates, everything by who was president of the US at the time. So yeah, mid. It's a legitimate dating system. It works. It fucking isn't. Anyway. I mean, he's probably it's probably right. He's <laughs> probably correct. That sounds like my Twitter bio where it says I have at least fifty subscribers. So <laughs> it's correct. It's just bad. <laughs> um, Anyway, so I told her mum, I want to cancel after number 10. I want my spending money back, right? So what does she do? She cancels it there and then. So I'd never get uh, the 10th magazine. I never got the cave troll. Aww. And that was, there's the sub story. You can't do the borrow I bit, never got it. I got the little goblins. That's just no. so emotional. Can't. I don't, I, there, there was never a cave troll. It's just, an, it's just empty. <laughs> just like my soul. <laughs> and there's been a hole in your heart ever since. There is, yeah, it's a cave troll like this big, just a way too small one. They should be. <laughs> uh, but then, fast forward a few years later, uh, when I was probably like 14, 15, I think it was, um, I started playing video games a lot. I, started, I got a PC, I started playing a lot of RTS games, I started playing Dawn of War. Sick. Anyone heard of that game? Hell yeah. I actually recently just played it again on stream, which was really fun. Uh, the campaign, which is really good. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so I, I started playing Dawn of War, really liked it because I got like. Um, I think it was the first one with Winter Assault and Dark Crusade um, for like £10 or something from like that from Zavi when it used to be an actual shop. Remember those days? That's how long ago it was. Oh so I started playing that and then um, I saw my friend at school and he was like in the library and they had like an after school club and I was just hanging out, you know, doing your thing at 15. Uh, and I was like, oh, what's this? What's this? Oh, I might have been a bit younger, but I was like, what's this? And he was like, oh, it's called Warhammer. I was like, oh man, are these like models from the video game? <laughs> And they were like, no, this is the what the video game from the models. And I was like, and that's it. Down the rabbit hole I went. Never been out ever since. Really? You, <laughs> you didn't even take a break at like uni or whatever? Oh, uh, well, I didn't go to uni. Oh, um, I kind of like played really casually. Uh, like I played with like, essentially like there's a big suit, a shopping center called Meadow Hall in the north. And there was a games workshop there. Um, so I used to go there every weekend because uh, I was a massive nerd, obviously, <laughs> like we all are. Absolutely. Um, and I think, I think I like... <laughs> I think I sold up a lot because I had like three armies. I, I like because I started. Um, it was Assault on Black Reach had just come out when I started playing properly. Um, the first magazine, first White Dwarf I bought was Apocalypse in fourth edition. So that was like a couple of weeks before Assault on Black Reach came out. Um, so I bought that as like my first box. But then I also bought a Chaos Space Marine army and a Chaos Demon army because I was like, Chaos Space Marines, Chaos Demons are the big bad in Dawn of War. <laughs> so I was like, Space Marines demons let's go and i think i sold up a lot uh, for a couple of years and i, I kind of kept in the hobby but didn't really play that much and then when i got to college that's actually when i went even further head um, like head first because i met um, a friend uh, who's called alex who's been on the channel a few times he was like reading a horace heresy book in the uh, in college and i went to meet him i was like wait a minute <laughs> are you a nerd <laughs> and he was like maybe 
who's asking? I was like, oh my God, I'm in there too. <laughs> and then that was it. <laughs> that was it. So I kind of like, I was in it, out of it, just kind of like, just staying in it and that's it. I've been headfirst ever since. I think that's like so. a weird thing though. You like, you never really leave the hobby even when you take breaks. Cause like, I remember when, when I was at uni or just like in sixth form, I wasn't playing any of the tabletop. I wasn't painting, but I was reading the Horus Heresy. So like, you, you never really mm. leave. It's like a cult. Yeah, yeah, it is because I was basically just reading like Circadian every yeah, week. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> and then what I was watching like it's like a really bad, it's like a really bad, uh, like a really bad police drama or something. It's like yeah, I thought I was out, just keeps pulling me straight back in. <laughs> you know it exactly, exactly. If that, you can resist yeah. it long enough, it um, pulls you in. Yeah, it does. Yeah, <laughs> I think around that time when I wasn't really playing, I was watching a lot of mini war gaming um, at the time um so i was watching like dave dewey's do you remember his defy series he did where he's got like i can't the uh summit rejects i can't remember what it's called now um but he did like a proper typical youtube of the time but it was like i've got models and i'm making them talk <laughs> <laughs> just with his hand just like going ah man is defy and i'm gonna clean your shoes and all that and, and then and that was it um i can't remember what it's called something reject someone will know um but yeah, so I was watching that, and then I ended up like getting back into it. So I started playing Blood Ravens again because I kind of, I think I got rid of everything that wasn't painted, so I didn't have a lot. I pretty much had the Assault on Black Reach and maybe a Land Raider as well, and then I just started buying it again. And as you can see, I've, obviously the visual uh, audio listeners cannot see, but I have quite a lot now. <laughs> so <laughs> why, why Blood Ravens in the first place? Don't know why. Obviously, only reason. It's like, a leading question. Yeah, I was like, oh, th this. This is an amazing video game. I want toys from the video game. Have you, you know? played the newer nice. Dawn of Wars? Uh, we don't <laughs> I know, I'm playing through two at the moment. And it seems pretty decent so far. They just changed the game. They, they copied the Company of Heroes gameplay and it just doesn't quite work. Yeah, so like, I'll, I'll actually be honest. A lot of people don't know, but I've never properly played Dawn of War 2. Like, Dawn of War 1 was like, hell yeah, let's go. And then, obviously, I'm a massive Blood Raven fan, so everyone expects I've played them all. But I played a bit of Dawn of War, and I didn't really get on with it at the time. Because I was so into our just RTS-like base-building games, I really enjoyed that. So, obviously, the first one was amazing. But then the second one, I, when I did play that, when it came out, I never really got that into it. And then I played Dawn of War 3 when that came out. I was just like, great. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> speed, speed around the missions and then gave up. So... Whereas Dawn of War, I go back to it every few years, you know. Whereas the like second and third one, I've never played. Bit of a side tangent. What other RTSs? I'm a, I'm a, a, a bit of a gamer. Oh, sorry, guys, but I'm a bit of a gamer. So, what other RTSs did you play? <laughs> uh, uh, I played a lot of Command and Conquer. Classic. Nice. Yeah, uh, basically, it's Command and Conquer and Dawn of War. I just sound more intelligent <laughs> if I say, yeah, RTS games. Wait, are we talking? <laughs> Red Alert talking... Two is my favorite. Yeah, is it, are we talking Red Alert Two or General? Red or Alert. What? Uh, Red Alert. Yeah. Nice. So a long time ago now. I, I don't go back to those. <laughs> <laughs> Although I might oh, now, yeah, you said now, that. Now I just mm, Generals was a classic. <laughs> I love that game. Hell yeah. Check the affiliate link in the description for Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my if, god, we if, should do that. If Command and Conquer want to make a new game and sponsor us, then we're fine with that on the podcast. So if you're honest, yeah, yeah, let's, let's go. go. Let's go for it. Um, so, so obviously you, you have, you, you know, from from there your hobbies developed and obviously you, you now have hellstormwargaming.co.uk. We might as well do the plug right now and obviously check them out on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Um, and um, obviously you have for that, you have a whole bunch of different armies. But I assume, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that the Blood Ravens are still your, they're your favourite, they're your army, they're your like number one, yeah? 
They're my babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I don't leave home without them. Nice. Keep one in the car. Keep one, take one on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of them, just one. <laughs> just like what? No, but like I still, I still, I'm gonna say I still have like the first first painted blood raven. I have uh, it's upstairs, but I still have it. Um, but yeah, they're, they're my babies. I'll always play them. So all the other armies are nice. Don't get me wrong, but it's like. If I had to take any army to any event, it'll probably always be Blood Raven. Nice, nice. Even if they're bad. Okay. So, well, I mean, off, off the back of that, then to, to 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 challenge that, if you can't take the Blood Ravens, what do you take? What's your what's your what's your your, your favorite army other than them that you've you've built and painted? Uh, Necrons. Ah, Necrons nice. Hands down, yeah. Oh, you've got the sandstone ones, don't you? Yeah, you've got a really interesting scheme. Yeah. So, yeah. So I did paint. I did have a Necrons army a couple of years ago when they when they first got redone in 5th edition uh, I did them in the classic classic Sautek, you know uh, silver and green you know uh, because of Dawn of War because <laughs> in catacombs when you're fighting in the catacombs of Cronus which is what my channel used to be called before it was called Hellstone Wargaming because Cronus is the planet you fight in on in Dark Crusade mm, um, and nice. I probably I figured there was going to be a copyright issue there <laughs> so we backed out of that one <laughs> and then THQ went under so we probably all got Gucci but um <laughs> but um so yeah so it was necrons were like my second favorite army like as i got a bit older i think at first it was space chaos space marines i really like demons i've always had a little bit of a thing for zinch demons i'm actually doing like a like we, i've called it hobby resolution monday because we we check up every monday but i'm doing like a new year new army type thing where every week i have to do something to a zinch army that's why again I'm, i asked if you were recording visual because i've just got crap behind me because i'm currently painting <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say what's this big project you're doing yeah so i've got two on the go actually um i've i've got a zinch demon army that i'm painting uh so i've just oil washed loads of zinch uh screamers because they're cool uh but i've also recently picked up a harlequin's army and then I've been dreading it ever since. I opened it this morning, saw that how many diamonds there were, and then I've uh, just not looked at it ever since. So, because I was streaming this morning, I was I unboxed it and I was like, I don't know what to paint with this. <laughs> I have never seen. I don't even know what the models look like on Sprue, and I was just like, Oh my god, <laughs> no! It's <laughs> like incredibly thin legs, and you're like, Oh god, diamonds on these. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I think it's gonna be a big fat airbrush job, and kind of don't get too close. Oh, no. <laughs> We, uh, we, yeah. to be fair, we, we do say, obviously, we, we talk about the painting on here, and uh, one of uh, one of the guys, Quipster, obviously, I mean, we, we know him, but Quipster's worked with before, Say Hi Paul on DZTV. Mm. I think he has a good rule, right, which is your models only need to be good enough uh, if they're seen from about a metre and a half away, because that's roughly where you'll be standing yeah. on the tabletop. So, you know, you can do all your diamonds and your beautiful little, you know, Harlequin stuff, but yeah, airbrush it, job done, happy days, just don't look too close. Yeah. <laughs> Spend two weeks edge highlighting your bases. Spent two weeks edge highlighting your bases. Hey, that was only one base, okay? It was just really big. That doesn't make it sound any better. <laughs> the problem is with a metre and a half roll is when you've got a camera and you're getting nice up and close to the models, it's definitely not a metre and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. Well, as I say, you're, you're, you're all right because you talk about Nia New Army. Um, Quipster, for a bit of context there, he, he is, uh, he's got his custodies um, and his Imperial Fists, but he's been saying to us, and we sort of said to him, look, you know, get your imperial fists up to like 2000 points just get you know gladiator get some you've got the the, the bunker thing uh, the hammer four bunker so uh, you know get yourself up to 2000 points and this week he made great progress this week he's just bloody re-highlighting all the bases on his bloody custodies it's just a, okay like why okay. yeah, re-highlight i was like i wasn't happy with them so i'm doing them again his what? base is no. better than my army's. 
<laughs> all of us. It's just Quipsy, it's, such a nerd. What are you doing? It's just because just dry brush it and get got. Oh done. no, I can't dry brush these faces. I just can't. Like it would hurt my soul. <laughs> but it's just because like. You know when you uh, like have a bunch of models that you paint at the start of when you like get into the hobby, and then a whole bunch of models like later. Yeah, yeah. The the difference between the start ones and the end ones is so stark that I was just like, it's been mm-hmm. bothering me for a year and a half. So, I uh, one of them fell off a base, and I was like, I may as well repaint it since this has happened. <laughs> and then I was like, well, I may as well repaint all of them since this has happened. And uh, I've yeah, got five not? left out of. Well, is it nice to see the progression to keep it? Like, I've still the... got some of my first models where I just dunked them in contrast, and then now I've got, you know, I use a brush now. <laughs> so the first nice. ever custodian <laughs> I painted, I'm not touching him, but everything else around him is getting redone. You see the one that we always take the mick out of on your, that, that Terminator? Don't you fucking start. <laughs> the one with the mistake. <laughs> they take the piss every single time, and they're just like, oh yeah, you missed a spot, and I haven't. But I'm still paranoid, so I kind of Brilliant. think I have. <laughs> so are you <laughs> so so mikey you obviously you're doing you say you've got this new new army and and i've seen the the zinch demons that you've done on the as you say on your, your hobby resolutions but the, the harlequins are they just just to kind of mix it up a bit or is that something that you're going to be looking to take to turn when we can do them again to tournaments and things in in 2021 uh it was kind of like a happy accident actually um because i was i think it was in december i was live streaming painting a giant space wolf and uh, Dan came in the chat. I was like, because basically we don't have a Harlequin's army within the, the inner circle, let's call it. We used to have one, but Dan sold it. Um, so I was like, oh, well, if anyone sees one, let me know and I'll buy it. And then I was live streaming. Dan came in my chat. I was like, oh, there's a really cheap Harlequin army um, in boxes if you want it. And I was like, all right, get it. And then afterwards, I was just like, oh, shit. I, <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to paint this. Um, but it's they are obviously really good right now, um, especially in like, the US. They're playing them really well at the minute. Uh, but I'm not actually going to build them until the codex comes out because I have I don't trust Gaze Workshop not to nerf like the Haywire bikes for example, uh, so I don't want to like build and paint an army which I really don't, not looking forward to painting to have to go back and snap arms off to, to paint them again. <laughs> so it's going to be new codex, new army when that finally comes out. So I know what I know what's good. <laughs> so question then, and this is something uh, Adam has started, started doing with his significant other. So. Yeah, how much does Georgie like painting? And could you give them to all to her and just be like, "Oh yeah, just just go have fun, you know, do it, do whatever you want." Georgie's great, and she's a fa- she's an actually a fantastic painter. Um, but she used to do, like she well she basically goes painting from what I remember is uh, doing Magic the Gathering alternate arts or expanded Ooh. art. So that's where you take like a Magic the Gathering card and you essentially box off the text and stuff that you need, but then you expand the art to the full card. Um, that's amazing and she's re- yeah she's really really talented she did, used to do a lot of that and she's been pr- she's been painting like lots of like 3d printed miniatures that i've been working on recently um but i would never ask her to paint an army because it's a lot of work <laughs> she likes doing like one-offs you know nice. like the one or two characters just give stuff. her the characters then yeah i was like i've got some imperial guard and i was like oh you could uh you could paint these look at this cool priest look at this priest man he's got a book let's go and she was like oh yeah i'll paint that and then she was like Actually, now I want to paint this slug, which was the uh, mulch from Kesley. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> She's like, I want to paint this slug bright. <laughs> my my other half has uh, decided uh, to start doing a little bit of painting. So, and I don't know how good the camera is, but mm. I'll hold it up. She's started doing this uh, Gellapox, which I'm going to use as a chaos spawn for oh, my, nice. uh, my death guard. Yeah, but the comment she made, she did an amazing job, but the comment she made was she just looked at him and went, He's got a really nice butt, actually. It's really tight. Yeah, he's doing well oh, for yeah. himself. I'm like, Cool. <laughs> if that gets you painting models, let's do it. Let's go. They have a, they have a squat rat in Nurgle's garden, I heard. So. That's why. <laughs> Actually, it was funny because uh, Adam was doing this on uh, on like video chat last night, and mm. uh, me and Rich are there just listening to the conversation he's having, and he's yeah. just like, "Oh yeah, so you want uh, some brown for his uh, for his little cap thing?" And she was like, "No, I want to paint it silver." And he was just like, "Uh," but you can see in his mind, like, "No, I want it brown. F. I want you to paint F. it brown." <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "It's made. It's made. It's made of leather." And she was like, "Well, it could be like a sort of silver, like lame material that he's wearing to be a bit fabulous." <laughs> so uh, yeah, no. It, could be. it rapidly devolved into her just being like, open this paint pot for me. Open this paint pot. Right, I need a bright green. Go find one. Just like, okay, I'm now a, a painting. Hey, man. It's, if... it's good. <laughs> yeah, you got to let someone be creative, even if it doesn't follow. <laughs> That's the other thing as well. I, when, I've, when I've got like an army, I'm like, it must be done the way I say. <laughs> and I think if I let Georgie do it, it, it would be, it must be the way I want it, not you. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. want to see that army, though. <laughs> <laughs> just be a mis- mismatch i reckon <laughs> george would be like oh, i'll paint this one green and I'll, I'll paint this one blue she'd i said she would do a fantastic job just give us a member's children like, paint this one red. done mm, yeah well i always wanted like a death watch army but like the silver arm but then the normal chapter colors for the rest of the army so maybe i need to get george to do that's that. cool that'd be cool, <laughs> that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah but we all know like batch painting it's just it's a lot into yeah, it, yeah. you know it's especially terrible. for someone new in the hobby or new, a newish painter. The, the the idea of painting a whole load of models. Like, like, Mikey, is just... you need to keep keep, keep this down because I'm my new my new year new army is is Tyranids and I've got a box of termagants I need done and I'm trying to convince Kelly oh, that like mate. with contrast paint she'll get them done quick so she does not need to know that all the, all the you know, <laughs> batch painting right. termagants and Gene Stevens is not fun. Don't do it to her. You are cool. <laughs> Don't do it to her. I wouldn't do that. That is, get that her to is do me. sandstone. That's easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sandstone tunics would definitely look cool, right? <laughs> so, so obviously, um, we've talked about your your armies and your history in the hobby. But uh, one of the things that you are doing, um, again, that we were talking about a little bit before we started recording the podcast, um, at, right now at the moment is uh, the Las Vegas Nopen, um, which is a sort of tournament in not quite the traditional sense. Um, so. Would you be able to mm-hmm. give our listeners a quick overview of what the Nopen is for those who don't know, and specifically what you're doing as part of it? Okay, um, so the Las Vegas Nopen uh, is basically a streaming replacement for the Las Vegas Open, which is obviously the largest 40k event or largest gaming event in the world for tabletop. Um, they obviously don't focus on 40k, but like the the, peop- the amount of people there is completely different. You know, there's like I think I went to the Vegas last year to play, and I think there was just over a thousand players for 40k um in one event which is like pretty mad i don't know what the second highest event was but it definitely wasn't quite close to that you know um probably like maybe like 200 300 players which is still pretty it was, large uh, London, wrong. wasn't it um i, I mean just the, i just generally in vegas of the other game i think oh. i can't remember what the second largest game was in vegas but um yeah i think the second largest event is currently london um it was it was going to get knocked off the top spot last year but obviously there was a couple of issues worldwide but you know <laughs> just one um, or two <laughs> yeah. just one or two yeah 
Um, but the Las Vegas Open has been set up by the 40k Stat Center, so uh, Val Heffelfinger and the Falcon, if you've heard of them. They do like a podcast where they used to cover event, do event coverage and stuff like that. And they actually streamed the Las Vegas Open, like the side table. So they did like other tables other than the Games Workshop stream. Anyway, there's Vegas. The Las Vegas Open is like instead of that. So essentially it's a 16-man elimination RTT or small tournament, basically. Um, and essentially there's 16 players uh, from all over the world. Uh, myself and Tank from Hellstorm in particular. Uh, and it's basically got loads of channels. So there's Art of War, uh, Tabletop Titans, Play on Tabletop, Vanguard Tactics, uh, other channels as well, <laughs> probably. Other channels are available. <laughs> <I>, Smooth. <laughs> yeah, I've got a whole video on it with everyone involved. So, But uh, essentially what it is, is we, me and Tank are against each other round one and we'll play a game, right? And, um, for example, The Art of War, uh, Richard Siegler and Mark Perry will also play a game against each other. They'll, like, have it out. And then what happens is, rather than the player progressing to round two, so I don't have to go and fly out to, like, Florida in the middle of a pandemic within, like, four hours uh, <laughs> to play my second game, essentially the lists get passed forward rather than the players. So my list will be passed forward to play if I win. Or <laughs> when I list, win. For example, will be passed <laughs> forward when I win, not if I win. <laughs> um, will be passed forward and we'll play against one of the Art of War lists, depending who wins that game. Um, in this instance, we are actually going to be covering that game. So we'll essentially have uh, the winner of our game, so mine are all tanks list, versus Richard Siegler's or Mark Perry's list. And we'll then either myself or tank will play either of those lists against each other for round two and then that winning list will get passed forward to the next round that's cool and, that's and tank used to um he used to get coaching from nick nanavati is, is that i think i remember a battle report quite a while ago about actually it was at the lvo when you were streaming i think it was um so that, that would have been cool to have that <laughs> have like a rematch there <laughs> yeah um, so Tank's uh, had a little bit of coaching before because I think he used to be. So I think he used to follow Nick quite a lot before we like started talking properly. Uh, I don't know if he does anymore, but I think he's still involved with like he like still supports them and stuff like that. So awesome, nice. Um, but yeah, that's so that's how the tournament works. So the lists get passed forward. Everyone can play against each other, kind of, and everyone can do <laughs> it. More importantly, and home and across more importantly, the, the internet can scrutinise everything in your list. And be like, why have you got three of these? Yes. Why have you got three of these instead? Yeah, th this is why you are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. I'm sure Reddit will love it. You know, Reddit hate me. So it's not. It's not like you're. It's not like you're known for uh, for doing a bit of doing a bit of uh, controversial shit pasting now and again on the uh, on, on Reddit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it's even worse. It's, it's really funny. It's like it's like a hornet's nest. You know? <laughs> Just get the camera rolling and. Jab it one or three, one to two times, and see. You're, you're basically it. like you're you're like the Steve Irwin of forty k. You're like, oh yeah, we've got this yeah. alligator here. Let's just give him a little kick and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's angry. Oh, yeah, that's what about. oh yeah, he's a bit annoyed by that. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's not a happy accident. I never do it on purpose. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, like, this, 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 that's a lie. And then yeah, I do the it on small, this is a lie because the small board gang thing, <laughs> that was I, totally The small board hey. gang, you were just so justified, though. Oh, oh my yeah, yeah, God. Yeah, so it was a happy accident. So I was like, it's fine, you know? So small board gang, I am the leader of the small board gang, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, because I was the only one advocating <laughs> it at the time. Um and when it happened, I was like, you know, this makes sense. You know, smaller game, you can play more likely to be able to play at home. Um, you can, if you're an event organizer, yeah. 
you can hell yeah let's go small ball gang in the chat <laughs> sorry for listeners who don't know what just happened adam has just whipped out sorry. his helston wargaming small ball gang t-shirt yeah, I, I, I forgot just took off his clothes yes but yeah it's a great t-shirt does it, does it is it a good fit does it is it yeah yeah it's a nice it's a nice yeah it's a good t-shirt your 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 promises of like the premium quality t-shirt from the boys that you said there was it the, the best the best quality t-shirt you can buy from a youtuber is yeah i i don't have oh, anything yeah. to compare it with but it's the good cheapest. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best t-shirt you own it's the best help it's the best warhammer t-shirt you own <laughs> yeah. from a channel so and yeah. i don't want to deny that <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, going back to it, I was like, I just made a video to say, like, this is great. Event organizers get more people in before the pandemic, obviously. You get more people in, uh, make more money. That's good for them. Uh, people can more likely to play at home because you can put it in your dining yeah. table. Epic. Let's go. And everyone was like, this is ridiculous. It's just a minimum size. It's not six by You can play six by four. And then I was just like, oh, God, I've started something here. And then that was it. So I made like a second video just laughing at the comments. And then um, that was it. Even more people got angry at me because I was laughing yeah. at them. Oh, I, did, <laughs> I did enjoy it. I, I did enjoy the like the righteous indignation in some of those. Like some of them were, considering, you know, we're all in the hobby and generally things are quite informal. But one of yeah. them I remember you read on the video, it was written like a letter to the Times. Where it, was like, it was like, you know, dear sir, it's just irresponsible of you to encourage people to cut their mats. It's just, oh, yeah. so people are wasting oh, yeah. their money. How dare you, sir? Your position in the hobby you are abusing you've never i've never seen anybody <laughs> lean into trolling as much as you did it was it was majestic it was fantastic to be fair though that guy who left that comment was like low-key praising you for being a famous person in the hobby <laughs> what was weird as well yeah i've never seen anybody just be so confidently incorrect like ever in, in this thing it was this, yeah. this idea of it's the minimum it's, it doesn't have to be it's like right just to clarify games Watch Club designed the entire game to work at 2000 points on this board everything else is something yeah. you can do you can do it but the game isn't designed for that but it's minimum yeah but, yeah it's minimum what was funny minimum. i actually had this conversation with winters i remember once we were playing cards and he was like nah everyone will still be on six by four even he is moving over now <laughs> Every, everybody of <laughs> course they are because like, of, of course <laughs> i yeah, beat him into it, it. <laughs> and uh what, yeah, it was just absolutely crazy um people and also i, I started really this hobby funny. in hong kong it, i should say and in that like you you can't play okay. indoors your six by four is too big it makes such a big difference going yeah. down to that size it's so like so many more people can get into the hobby now it's, it's Wait, so you had thing. to play outside exactly. no you you there was like two places in the city you could play oh wow you just couldn't play it was yeah i think I think that's probably like a big reason for it because they're obviously trying to hit the Asian market. Like these uh, uh, hero series and stuff like that are like Japanese exclusive, for example, for a long time. Um, because they're trying to lean into that mm. market, they've probably seen that like people can't get six by four yeah. in the house, mm. you know? Because it is like over there. They, oh, yeah. it's, in in happen, hindsight, you know? it's one of the best things they have done for the yeah, hobby yeah. in years. It's like like just even if you even if you have to cut your mats like but like literally there are, there are like tens of thousands of people who will play the yeah. hobby now that couldn't before it's Hashtag a massive deal i wonder what the most popular yeah. army in yeah. like japan would be well say so when i when i say so when i lived so i was lucky right so i i i lived in tokyo for about a year uh with my job um oh, I was, amazing. yeah i was, I was really I've been lucky. watching lots of videos about living in japan oh, nice. have you heard of abroad in japan uh i haven't no have you heard of that chant oh he's really oh, funny yes, um, i know that guy okay. he is really funny he's really good I got onto him from a, from an anime channel, uh, but he's really funny and he just does like vlogs basically about Japan. I was like, this is epic. Oh man, no, if you, well, if you, if you say if you get any, anyone listening as well, if you get the chance to go, it's a beautiful country, amazing people. Like, yeah, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had. But um, I I was quite lucky because I had I had an apartment that was provided by my by my job. 
out there which by japanese mm. standards it was it was designed for like expat westerners to be honest so you know fat people sure. um so uh, <laughs> it, it, it was it was like by japanese standards mate you could be as slim as anything over here and you are still too big um and yeah. um and yeah so it was like fairly spacious but even then like there is no way you would fit a gaming table in it it just it just wouldn't work yeah. like it, it, it and actually the to rich's point about like what the most popular um model do you know i don't i, I did go to the games i wasn't i wasn't doing the hobby when i was living in japan and i did go to uh to thought like, you went yeah yeah i went never leave because like, it was one of the it was one of those things where i saw it and was like i used to do this when i was a kid i wonder if it's popular out here and like wandered around the store um but the, yeah most of the time out there it was mostly people buying like gunpla like the the Gundam um, once yeah. you build, and I some of those were crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they're, they're, it was mm-hmm. like there's if you go to um, uh, there's there's a couple of places. Obviously, Akihabara is the is the stereotype one because that's where all the kind of anime mm-hmm. stuff originally was yeah, uh, yeah. in central Tokyo. But there's also um, a place called Nakano Broadway, which is just a little bit further out, which okay. is like now the it's it's sort of where the like the scene from Akihabara has moved a bit too and out there they've got all these model shops and they were just interchangeably filled with like space marines gundams like stuff from naruto awesome. like yeah it's just nice. It's, nice. it's it's when you it's it, it is as a, as a hobbyist even if it's not 40k it is a cool place like reflecting on it now when you go into somewhere mm. and you see a guy who's like a 50 year old man dressed like your accountant who's just <laughs> quite happily picking up a gigantic like multi-limbed space battle robot and just nobody nobody <laughs> nobody yeah. bats an eyelid and it's fine and it's okay whereas Walking. it's like over here it's like whoa they have pokemon centers just in the abandoned cities, don't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're Pokemon Land also. Pokemon I mean, we land should introduce why now. that gets Rich so excited. Well, all of it does. Oh, yeah. It's all me: anime, gaming, Pokemon. I'm happy. Right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Unite. Okay. Go. I'm gonna say. It. I'm gonna say it now. now. 20, 2022. <laughs> just because I'm imagining COVID's gonna go on, we'll do the uh, we'll do the assorted podcasters and YouTubers trip to Japan to play Warhammer. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like let's on small balls. Let's make this hobby even pricier. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, cool. Let's do a 21 hour flight or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I'll bring my Switch um, and just battle all of them with my Pokemon and kill them all. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's so, really that, nice. This is the thing. I respect, I respect People that. forget, Rich, that you were like, you were like fifth in Europe for Pokemon battles. Sixth, yeah, back in Generation Four. People forget, oh, <laughs> like it was, uh, it was a known thing yeah. in the hobby. Everybody knew Rich was this big Pokemon player, then we all forgot. You know? <laughs> I don't bring that up very often. Yeah, it's not. It's not like you know winners. <laughs> I, w- I will say what what you shouldn't do, and I, I assume abroad in Japan covers this. But what you shouldn't do is run around the streets of Japan challenging people to like Pokemon <laughs> battles because, despite the perceptions no, of not. some people in the West, they are they will think you're weird if you do that. <laughs> I mean, didn't didn't um, Logan Paul do that? Yeah, and yeah. And he did also the dodgy thing in the in yeah, the he did something else. Too. After. <laughs> I remember he was like throwing pokeballs at people. I was gonna say yeah. throwing pokeballs at people was not the worst thing <laughs> Logan Paul did in Japan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that 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 was the first thing he did. <laughs> that was the warm up. Oh, yeah, 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 building okay. up. Uh... Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, before we before we get uh, before we get like attacked on YouTube by Logan Paul. Um, so, how big do you think this podcast is? I reckon. Ed would have him in a fight. They're about the same size. Wait, aspire. Uh, Don't you know who I am? Yeah. Quick stare. Yeah, excuse me. My... I have at least 50 subscribers. Yeah. He knows who I am. 
Also, also, Mikey, Mikey might have this like little channel no one's ever heard of, but Rich was sixth in Europe for Pokemon battles about ten years ago. So come he on, was. mate. The Mikey yeah. Logan Ball boxing match oh, yeah. is going to be really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> All he does is open Pokemon cards now. Yeah, right? that's a huge. <laughs> that's a huge thing now. Yeah. Because Pokemon cards are worth like thousands and thousands of pounds, apparently. Yeah. This has really yeah, gone off a big on the tangent recently as well. This is this, this is the tangent you were yeah, talking exactly, about. Yeah, exactly. This is quite there's normal. A, there was a quarter of a million dollar scandal that went on a, like two months ago where someone sold a Gen One box unopened uh, for quarter of a million dollars, and they opened it live on stream. It was all fake. Oh, it was just like they'd, they'd resealed it. Oh. So proper dodgy. Bad feel um, moment. But hey, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice um, to be Logan Paul. Yeah, I know. Pre- pre- press F. Not F very... <laughs> Anybody that can spend <laughs> a quarter of a million dollars of Pokemon cards, though, I'm going to have this a limit on my sympathy. One box. Yeah. <laughs> One box. <laughs> but that's how much they're worth, you know. Uh, it's crazy how much they're worth. Like, proper yeah. dumping price. So, anyway, that's Pokemon stocks. You should know, Rich. I, I did I did Pokemon gaming on like, the DS. It wasn't the cards. It was, um, it was uh, okay. you know, the... A little bit cool. Yeah, Rich is a cool person, guys. <laughs> right, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Did you know the remake in Diamond? Yeah, I'm well excited because that's the one I got. The Switch. I got sick for European. Yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. I'll, I'll buy it, yeah. Let's go. For sure. I'll you heard it here first, yeah, lads. Yeah, yeah. We'll go, I'll, have to, I'll have to edit this to put some like battle music over the background. <laughs> <of the challenges laughs> that's actually going to be the same music for when Mikey enters the ring. <laughs> 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 so anyway as much as we want to be we're, we're going to have a lord of the rings <laughs> podcast we're going to have to do a pokemon episode but to bring it back to the world of 40k um so mikey obviously you are part of las vegas and open you're um you know you, mm-hmm. you you run hellstorm you've got got a few battles under your belt to say the least hello quips is stripping off mm-hmm. um so hello. the question i have for you is what are your impressions your thoughts now we've had a bit of time to play with it on ninth edition on how the competitive scene is looking as we get more and more codexes going into early 2021 mm. um it's obviously tough because a lot of the the meta let's call it that you have to analyze is not in the uk where before like i'm probably not not speaking too out of uh touch when i say this that the uk was probably leading a lot of the meta uh, before the pandemic mm. um Purely because it's always been a bigger game over here and in the US, and uh, it's kind of great. It's great. It's obviously massive there now, but like a couple of years ago, it wasn't so massive. And there's a big divide between the metas because everyone was playing different mission packs. And it's only been recent years that people play been playing basically the same game um, because obviously we had the ITC in Eighth Edition, um, but that that didn't just appear in Eighth Edition. So the ITC was basically the international tournament circuit where it came with its own mission pack. And that got stupidly popular in 8th edition because it was very good. But in 7th edition, there was the ETC, or the European Team Championships, and then the ITC, which is the International Tournament Circuit, which is basically the US circuit. So you had, like, a really big divide. And then 8th edition came along, and then everyone was kind of, like, playing the same game, which wasn't a Games Workshop game. It was just a made-up game, (laughs) but it had 40k models in it. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. Um, But now with 9th edition, that is a... They've kind of, like basically the people who made itc and and like nova except for example which had their own very similar mission pack uh they're basically everyone's playing those type of missions now um so 
where was I going with this? I know where I was going with this. <laughs> um, so basically, like the meta is weird at the minute because it used to be so split, and now it's really close together, but also it's split again, kind of, because like we've lost half of it. Um, but to, to go on to that, there is... When people say there's a Codex creep, and I hate to say it, but there isn't a Codex creep, there's a Codex sprint. I think that was a comment someone left on my YouTube the other day, which I've definitely agreed with. <laughs> um, every new Codex is broken. <laughs> and it's only when someone else gets a new Codex that it doesn't feel so broken anymore. Um, Mortarian's broken? What? That is the... <laughs> I, I, That's what's really funny. Sorry, what, sorry one second. How long's it been out? Um, because Reddit said I'm not allowed to have an opinion on Death Guard until yeah. it's out yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> I actually got that. I, was, I, I watched a few of the playtesters, and they will talk about Mortarian. And mm. like I, I, me and Adam have talked about this before. I like to play a bit of amateur psychologist when I hear people talk about when I hear playtesters talk because I'm like, oh, what do they know? Why would he say that unless this is coming? And the way they talk about Mortarian is like, yeah, that. That's quite good, but then you know, I can't help but think that they're thinking like, but this thing that's coming is gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be way better. Yeah. So we we might yeah. see that. <laughs> yeah, it's like I think because the meta is at the minute is like Blood Angels mostly because they're super strong in combat, super quick, and they have an abundance of damage too, which is really good against other armies such as other Space Marines, which are very strong. And you have Harlequins, which are like superly fast but really lightly armored. Um, but they're stupidly fast. They can really play the missions really well. Um, they kind—they're really killing as well because obviously they're like bunch of fusion pistols, etc. So like metal guns in combat, which are always obviously going to be good. Um, but like with Death Guard, they've come out and they're completely—they are meta shifting purely because of the way the new disgusting resilient works and how broken Mortarian is. But even without looking at him, um, they're just anti-meta, which would like really shake things up in the US, I think. Um, Again, because it's the US and Australia basically that are playing games at the minute properly. Because um, I said Europe's on its ass. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it should be really interesting. It's going to be an interesting couple of weeks, and especially with like Drakari coming out soon, it'd be interesting to see what they do with that. That will be interesting to see if they do shake the meta or not. Because I don't know if they will. I think currently. I think Death Guard are naturally suited to the to ninth edition because Death Guard's biggest weakness is yeah. that they're slow, and it is. Always yeah. a big, always a big deal, but it's not as big a deal in ninth edition because the board is smaller and the objectives are closest together. And as long as you can hold three points, it's totally yeah. mission You're saying Death Guard yeah. are part of the small board game. <laughs> they <laughs> are, yeah, they love the small board game. Slow armies yeah. love small board game. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's quite, it's quite interesting because you can get a lot, of, you can get around a lot of the issues with Death Guard. Like if even if you don't take Mortarian, if you just spam Death Shroud, which seems to be a bit of a favourite uh, on the rise. Because they're so resilient, they just deep strike everywhere. Mm. Um, so you, it's like if you slow, it doesn't matter. You just land next to where you need to go, charge into something, obliterate it, or just get locked in combat with it and hold that objective anyway. That's very, you know, that's that's quite nurgly though. Just just whatever happens, you're just it like, is, oh, yeah. ho, 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 ho. like so like yeah, like much, Jabba just... from Star Wars. Horrific, disease-ridden Santa. But you got spawn as well, right? Like yeah. Death Guard can can make their spawn pretty chaos spawn pretty terrifying, and they're they're reasonably quick, right? So yeah, they're they're not too bad. I I really like the Death Guard possessed. Mm. Um, a lot of people don't, but like you can like really stack some stuff up with them because you've they've got a whole bunch of attacks. You get like four mm. attacks each for twenty six points or something, and then you can use the Biologus to make them all do mortal wounds as well. So you get like forty attacks probably re-rolling hits um and then they re-rolling wounds of one with playing weapons and then any sixes of mortal wounds in addition fun it's just like nasty <laughs> and they've got an invon 
you know and you can like do the play company thing so you can make them turn off re-rolls for example and stuff like that and they're just they're just like oppressive in the minute death guard i think especially with mortarian mm. i think that's until people learn how to play them because i think to to play against death guard your all comers list won't work so you have to build to play it against yep. death guard and then if you build to play against death guard you can't you're going to struggle to play other armies like a, ne a necron warrior horde for example you can't play against that with a an army that's designed to kill a, a demon primarch mm. and then massive multi-damage stuff which has low rate of fire whereas necrons hate rate of fire yeah. for example death guard is super scary so it's funny they are scary meta breaking so for the nopen what 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 made you choose the faction and the list that you chose basically i had i had two lists in mind right so uh i really i wanted to take space marines but i thought it'd be fun to like have two lists and let my my uh my premium community like decide and vote on which list i took so i'd like present them two lists and be like i'm gonna take one of these which one would you guys like to see in this event the problem came down to i came to two lists and i was like i'm gonna take space marines as one of them and then if anyone's watched any of my live streams you might have heard of the spencer list which is spencer is the first canoptic spider i convert from a reanimator i actually made a video about it because i saw the conversion on facebook and i was like hell yeah let's make that into a video with permission um so i'm basically taking canoptic reanimators because they're really bad even with the points drops are still bad and then converting them into spiders because spiders are quite cool but they're also like 25 quid a model and you know i'm not making money <laughs> <laughs> so and and reanimators you can get for like five pounds on ebay and then when i asked i was like does anyone have any spare everyone were like yeah because we bought three boxes and we don't use these so people were just sending them me <laughs> so i got a whole bunch for free of loads of really generous people and i bought the rest of them That's off awesome. ebay for like five pounds each or something uh, so I've converted them into Canoptic Spiders. So I was like, okay, so I'll take Blood Angels um, because they're probably the strongest Space Marine faction you can run right now. When I wrote the list, this was before Death Guard. Uh, Blood Angels had only just come out when I wrote my list. Um, or should I take Necrons? And uh, But then I was like, I want to take the Spider list. But then because of the way the tournament works is whilst I'm playing my second round, I didn't know at the time, whilst I'm playing my own second round so it wouldn't be an issue for the first two games, if my list did happen to win both games which i don't think it would but if it did someone who's playing the final um with my list would have to go and find nice scarabs <laughs> and they probably can't get reanimators anymore because they they went up in price after i released that video because <laughs> everyone was buying them they said they went from five pounds to ten pounds each so um, market manipulation was illegal <laughs> <laughs> It's totally by accident. I'd already got mine. I weren't bothered. <laughs> <laughs> I have no interest in it anymore. <laughs> I'm just helping all the sculpers out, that's all. By accident. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, like, I wanted to take Necrons, but I ended up going with Blood Angels. It's like a, like a really balanced, varied list. Um, it's like Sangria Guard, a couple of Death Company, some Vanguard Veterans. It's like Credit Jump Pack, we're calling it. So, it's like a Jump Pack list. And it's got some Blade Veterans, because I've heard people don't <laughs> like those. <laughs> 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 no, it's quite cool. It's, it's quite a balanced list. I, I thought a bit, a bit of everything, which is nice, and I guess that helps other people do the list. Because interestingly, Brian Pullen also has taken Blood Angels, and the funny thing about his list is he's got like mm. more Sanguinary Guard than there are Sanguinary Guard <laughs> in the Blood Angels, yeah. which is quite funny. But it's interesting to me because a lot of the time in Ninth Edition, having a balanced list and a bit of everything is really, is really. Um, beneficial because you're going to really struggle some otherwise in some matchups so uh, a good example of that would yeah. be heavy bolters so heavy bolters were a thing that at the start of ninth edition everyone was like i'm just going to take heavy bolters 
with everything if, whether if i'm sisters guards space marines yeah. i'm just taking i'll take like an astraeus i don't care i just want heavy velvets in my list because they're always good <laughs> and then death guard came along and were like <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> yeah so out you go i'm just out you go i'm just gonna interject there and say i don't care about the death guard once i get my little nun dams for my sisters that they've just announced i'm sticking heavy bottles on them and i'm coming for you motari all right <laughs> Where where are those? Where are the feet, man? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> where are the where are the Do you feet know what? Go? When you when you've got faith, you don't need feet, Mikey. It's fine. <laughs> Someone messaged me and said they're for amputees, and I was like, "Is that legit?" And then they went back to me. <laughs> I was just like, "That's a weird joke to make if it is, but if not, it's also a very weird concept." Yeah. Well, there you go. This uh, Games Workshop like modeling is just like cool first concept later <laughs> no, it's, it's and it's cool that the game is encouraging people to take balanced lists like bits of everything i think the one thing that is um really uh, worrying me i would say at the moment is is mortarian mm-hmm. and it's actually not that i think mortarian is too good because i think mortarian himself can be fixed reasonably simple and i think he, he's a ridiculous problem in the game but the one thing that he has been a precedent for is turning off rules and this is something that hasn't been in the game as much mm-hmm. as it has been with mortarian so it's been in a few places there's a couple of strats and things to turn off free rolls and or is here and there but it's quite easy to do yeah. with death actually it's not just mortarian because you can take it on a, on a on a normal warlord right so is that something that worries mm-hmm. you that that mechanic it it is the thing the thing is with mortarian in my opinion 500 points he's 25 percent of you listening it just shy of he's fine he's fine until you drop on that fourth warlord trait mm. where he chooses one at the start of the game and it's like nine inch range of like an aura of just like <laughs> screw you <laughs> the main one being gloaming bloat with turning off rerolls yeah his three inch or his three inch turn off aura abilities unless it's psychic isn't too bad it's scary it's obviously a really 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 strong ability but it's not too bad because it's three inch you know it's very it's he's got a big base but he's got to be right in your grill mm. to do it um but when you have his extra waller trait called gloaming blow which is one of the play company waller traits where it's like whilst you're in the contagion range he counts it as nine inches whilst you're in that range you can't re-roll a hit or a wound um it's really scary because now he's on that big base he's got a nine inch range naturally you can boost it 12, to 12 yeah. inches every single turn um and you can i think if i remember rightly the range of the power you can like sit quite comfortably away from the enemy and cast that onto him he can cast it himself obviously but a play caster can go your 12 inch range of turning off rerolls now uh that is really scary and like custodies did it consistently before because they have a stratagem in one of the uh shield companies to turn off re-rolls right no you that's choose a unit when it's that's not a shield company rule that's just a strat that they get is it just straight yeah. custodies right okay shows you how long since i've played against proper custodies because they've that you came out against during me. the lockdown right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm hopefully i'm supposed to be picking up a uh, custodies army from valorap because he didn't want his, You're anymore, getting so his. I'm picking it off him I'm getting his custodies out here, but um, if he lets, it keeps bumping the price. <laughs> <laughs> but I was supposed to get that not long after we filmed together. Then it was like, okay, super lockdown, let's go. Oh, <laughs> so one day I'll have a custodies army. Um, but yeah, so like that's really strong because it's like you could just choose a unit and be like, nah, nah, you're not re-rolling. But now more time can be like the entire army that's within 12 inches, 24 inch range because it's like 12 inches either way nah get out (laughs) that is strong and it's it is a really interesting um a really interesting mechanic because it is so powerful i think so so powerful like a lot of people seem to like in the competitive groups i mean a lot of people leaning towards the i think it's the drone in the half movement one 
uh, on right. Mortarion, which is quite interesting because because it's like once you once Mortarion gets there, you can't get away. It's kind of like <laughs> like a kind of like gravity force like pulling you in. Like <laughs> you move twelve, now you only move six, and guess what? I still move twelve, so you can't get away. Uh, which is a quite interesting, but I think I on paper like and if, especially because I've played it now, I still think the reroll one is so obnoxiously good. If Mortine didn't have that extra wall of trait at the start of the game, I think he's totally fine. I think that just I takes think, it over yeah. I, yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think Mortarian is potentially as big a problem as some people think. But I, I think it's it's just this. It's, mm. it's more of a, um, a quite a general thing for me of cancelling out rules. I guess the good mm. comparison I would make is Vect. So the, the problem, the thing is, is a lot of the time things yeah. like minus one damage are really good because they force you as a space wing player not just to take heavy bolters. You have to take a bunch of stuff, and that's cool. That's re that's really good for the game. But the problem is, I, I, the thing I worry about is that because re rerolls and auras are so important for some factors, you can't just play mm -hmm. around it. And that's like Vect. It's like, yes, you could say, oh, you must have play around if you can't do certain strats, and that's useful. But there were some factions in Eighth Edition. Where Vex would win you the game because you just can't, you just can't not use yeah. the strat, and that's something that it, yeah. I think it makes it quite hard for them to balance now. And if this is something that becomes more in the game, mm -hmm. it also means that you're gonna have to know every other army so well to play them because, like, if they can turn off your rules, yeah. you need to play differently. And it's not just like, oh, they're they're quite their anti tanks quite good and their spells are quite good. You have to really know yeah. the mechanics, and that that's quite tough. Yeah. And when Vets came out, because it was the first of its kind, obviously there's Gene Silicon that do the same thing now. Um, when Vets first came out, it was so meta-changing, so meta-breaking, is because the stratagems, there was only a few in the Codex, like the, the, play, uh, the Death Guard one, they had like, what, 16 stratagems in the Codex? One of them was Boon, so that didn't count. <laughs> one of them was like Kill Shots, so that didn't count either. So he had like 12 stratagems, and most of them were bad. You had Veterans yeah. of the Long War, and maybe like Dead Rise again or whatever, if you're playing Poxwalker Farm, which was a thing when Drukhari came out. And the Poxwalker Farm is basically have one unit of Poxwalkers, make it into a 150-man unit, because ridiculous rules and everything dies around it. Um, and and then Vect killed that list, because it, because the Dead Rot Walk again was like, every time our model dies near this Poxwalker unit, doesn't matter if it's friendly or foe, you add a Poxwalker unit to this mod, to this a poxwalker model to this unit so it used to just grow and grow and grow so you take like brimstone horrors and cultists and stuff and just be like yeah you, you can't target the poxwalkers because of this stratagem cloud of flies and then i'll do dead walk again so you kill everything around the poxwalkers the poxwalkers get bigger the toughness five they've got you got feel no pain they just like walk through your army and hold the objectives but vect basically killed that army before the faq did because they go okay you know that combo that you've got mm. no and that's what that's what Death Guard are doing now is that they've got that you see that combo of like rerolling hits and wounds or something. Mm. No. Yeah. You know. Again, the living plague the living plague is a really bit the, the living plague being the three inch aura one, where it's like you can't use aura abilities within three inches, is really strong but it's really close range so it's not too bad. But it's when you've got stuff that can just turn stuff off from the other side of the table which really changes the game, and it will it will change how people play armies because people rely on auras you know captains and lieutenants yeah. for example yeah. they're like. 101 you know whereas some armies don't rely on aura abilities you rely on i don't know what they call them in 40k but like trigger abilities where you go choose a unit within that unit then does this it doesn't it doesn't have to remain within it get like chapter master i think is like that it's like you choose a unit that unit now re-rolls hits for example Might will be done that kind of thing yeah 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 exactly it's like it's not an aura ability it's, a, it's an ability mm. but it can't get turned off and people will start leaning on those more than yeah. auras 
but again it's like when you've got something that can turn off re-rolls within a 12 24 inch plus the base range it's just obnoxious yeah, it could be very yeah scary so it'll be super interesting because actually jukari if yeah. these kind of rules were going to exist i think they they'd be in abundance in the jukari book so it'll be interesting to see what kind of stuff they get I was just going to say, in terms of just a bit more of a general question, um, you've been in the hobby now since essentially like fifth, sixth edition without a break. Mm-hmm. Like, pretty much. What are the like big things you've seen in the hobby uh, and the game system as they sort of like evolve over time? Are there things that you would want to bring back, and things that you look at at the moment and you're just like, why? Why is this a thing? Um, I've, the, I think the game's definitely in one of the best places it's been. I'm still the ninth edition has its issues. Um, for example, the secondary stacking. I mean, no, they're obviously starting to change that now. With like they did a big FAQ obviously a couple of weeks ago, which actually changed the secondaries for the better. Um, but like secondaries being able to by what I mean by stacking for people who don't know what that means, it's essentially where like one secondary can be scored by killing one model. Uh, two multiple secondaries can be scored by killing one model. For example, Abhor the Witch and Assassinate, which if you took that and killed a Chaos Sorcerer or something, you got eight points for doing that. Whereas if you take one either, it's five or three, for example. Um, so it has its issues there. And personally, my favorite edition has been 8th edition, but with ITC. So playing a completely different mission set. Um, but yeah, the game's definitely better because like I've not won a major event in a long time. But when I did win a major event, which was I think it's an 18-man event mm-hmm. uh, in 7th edition... I won with the most ridiculous list possible. It was um, <laughs> it was a Space Marine uh, Centurion drop pod with Grav ignoring cover um, with 50 conscripts with Coteers attached to him and a Warhound that could shoot through walls um, and then some Space Marine friends summoning demons at the same time. And you just think Jesus. of that and you just think, what? <laughs> that is a stupid list. <laughs> what the fuck? So, so have any of you guys played 7th edition? Have you got an idea? Or like the Horus Heresy? Uh, no, never. I okay, yeah, no, okay, so... Okay, our newbies. Oh, here we go. We all came back to... This is the thing. So we've, we've all pretty much played... I guess it would have been like 3rd and 4th when we were doing it originally and then, then mm. sort of stopped and I, came I'm completely back brand new. Oh, you're yeah, you're 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 like yeah. I'm, I wasn't a weird nerd kid. I I just played Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I played video games. <laughs> uh, so yes, I respect. Yeah, that. so we're 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 like we missed out on the the wackiness of uh, of some of the stuff in seventh. Okay. Yeah, so seventh edition was just mad. So they because it was the way basically psychic and summoning broke the game uh, because the way psychic worked was just. So essentially, you had you took the mastery level of every psyker on the battlefield that you had, or at that time on your turn, which was basically like Tigerius was master level three, a normal library would be like master level two, and then like a weird raid psyker would be psyker level one, and then you get like a pool of dice. So like three would get you three dice, two would get you two dice, and then you roll a d6 and add that. And what you do is you have like you have like a warp charge of like three or something for a really good power, and you have to roll. You choose how many dice you want to roll from your pool. And then you have to roll um, as many successes as the warp charge. So, for example, a four plus, um, you have to roll at least three for a warp charge three power. And then your opponent denies the same way, but they have to roll more sixes than you rolled fours, for example. But space breeds, <laughs> always breaking the game. They had a thing where you got three librarians stood next to each other, and they did it on a two plus. <laughs> um, so you and and then you have loads of psychers because you've got a conclave. They used to call it. So you took like five psychers, um, and then you get like. 
as many dice for each one, so you then roll with like 12 dice, and then you roll d6, you get 12 plus d6, and all the really good powers will charge three, and you've got to roll two pluses, whereas everyone else has got to roll fours, <laughs> which is just bonkers. And there's power, the psychic powers, there's one called invisibility, which if anyone has played 7th edition or Horus Heresy knows what it is, and it's broken. But essentially, you, you cast it on any unit, and they you could only be hit on a six um, to hit, and then um, you couldn't shoot like blast weapons at it, and if it's anything in the template, you couldn't hit it. Um, and then you could, you basically made it so that it was something was untouchable. And um, people used to run the Death Death Stars, probably something you might have heard of, where they take loads of characters in a unit and it walks through your army because it's invisible, so no one can really hit it. Um, because obviously hitting on sixes is pretty tough. <laughs> and then it's usually got an invon as well, so and then runs work the same way. Um, and then you could like Space Marines got some more powers where you could like move terrain on the battlefield what? by rolling Jesus. three successes. What? So they. So they so they they had a, a, a discipline called geomancy, which is all about manipulating terrain on the board. So they could like pick literally select a piece of terrain and move it three d six. Jesus Christ! Um, any like... direction you like, um, which created some really fun examples, such as putting someone's entire army in terrain so they could hide to one, and someone picking it up and moving it off the board and watching it all die. <laughs> um, and that's a legit play. What? <laughs> that was a legitimate. That was a legitimate play, right? Just like a load of space reads just, just in a building, just like, brother, what is happening? Just, oh! <laughs> Literally like Aladdin's carpet flying off the balcony. It was great. Yeah, talk about a bad field moment. Imagine that happening to you. Oh. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it did. So. <laughs> <laughs> it did in some games. Oh, Jesus. But on on this Geomancy as one, there was also someone where you basically you choose a unit and it ignores cover and doesn't need line of sight to shoot any of its guns. <laughs> And then you could cast that on like Titans. So I used, I took a Warhound, <laughs> made it invisible, so you couldn't, sh you couldn't target it basically. And then it's Turbo Laser, which basically were D weapons, and D was basically roll to hit, to wound. If you roll a two plus, you take loads of damage. You roll a six, you just take it off the battlefield, completely no saves allowed. Jesus. And it, it had four of those, <laughs> and it just wait, ignore line of sight, and you can't hit me back either because I'm invisible. <laughs> Jesus. So Tones was a great game, so, by the way. So, so, yeah, so, so, so balance wasn't a concept. Just they were just like, no, nah, yeah, we don't need that. It's fine. So they had they, that. This was a time when Games Workshop was playtesting in house, so they didn't have any external playtesters. So they were just like, you know, rolling up with the. Uh, combined arms army that they call them. They still mention that today, which is basically a captain, two troops, some tanks. Cool, let's have a game. And they're like, this game's fine. And then you give it to people. <laughs> you give it to like people who are like, I want to win. <laughs> I don't care about bringing a combined arms detachment. Here's my warhound with some psychers. And the and anything could summon demons, and you didn't have to pay points either. Um, so like you've got like space marines with a titan and they're like all right okay thanks you keep shooting i'm just gonna summon a lot of change as well and he's gonna help me cast more powers <laughs> which is a very valid tactic i wish so. i wish someone had written some uh, someone had written some good fluff around that just tigerius being like like <laughs> calgar just being like tiggy what, what are you doing he's like well i'm tigerius just gonna... is one of the best casters in the game as well oh jesus so he'd be really good well, at you painted demon. as uh the blood ravens yeah yeah we just steal yeah. the tactic so <laughs> This is actually an interesting. This is actually a really interesting question as well. Like, because I think some of us, uh, especially like me and uh, Josh, the war hipster, we're quite narrative players, and so like there are there are hard limits on things I would take to be competitive. Like, do you have mm -hmm. that as well? 
Or just, are just, you wait, just like... No, 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 just, no, just before no, you, no. Just before you answer this, right? Mr. Narrative here. Right, right, let's just point out, this is Mr... Yes, uh, my, my narrative is I've got my nine Alaris custodians, my hard, very, very difficult <laughs> nine unkillable shield captain. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's my... It's my and a Telemon. Definitely hey, better, but also... I'm and a Telemon. I'm super narrative. It's not my fault. <laughs> I'm super it's narrative. It's not my fault that, you know, custodians are good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super narrative. That's why I love Death Guard, and I've been playing Death Guard all of my life, and that's why I love <laughs> playing every event possible. <laughs> um, but I used to, uh, ever since I started playing, like 8th edition is when I properly started playing competitively, because I used to just go to events, and then I was like, I kind of, for that event in particular, where I took the ridiculousness, I was just like, I wonder how stupid I could build a list, and then that happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, for ever since 8th edition, like, there's no filter on what I would take to an event. It's kind of like, I'll choose an army, and then that army will either be the best army that I can take, or it'll be uh, the best army I can build with a particular book that isn't very good. For example, um, in 2018, um, I think I was running, oh no, it's 2019, sorry. Um, yeah, sorry. Years getting confused. It's 2021 now. I keep forgetting. Uh, so in 20, 2019, myself, Tank, and Danny from the channel and stuff like that, we're doing a, an ITC challenge. So best in faction, because the ITC has a ranking system, and you can get scores. You get scores for every event you play, but you can like specialize that to one army to try and win an award for that army in particular. And I was playing. I chose Space Marines at the time, and this is when they only had their first codex mm. in Eighth Edition, and everyone else had their codex. So they were probably the worst army in the game um competitively and i was running them and i was i had the the list i came down to was gulliman and five repulsors um, <laughs> and then some servitors Jesus. to unlock them so no there's no <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say i think that the last list i ran before um before the the newest codex came out well the not the newest the newest in eighth edition codex came out and all the supplements came out it my list was like um two tech marines like coupling a scouts a leviathan and three repulsors with gulliman giving him all reroll hits and wounds so right now then obviously i know you've got got the blood ravens and you know we all talked about how mm. what the death guard are like and uh, listeners go to hellstorm wargaming.co.uk go to the youtube channel get on premium check out the battle report because um Thanks, no, no spoilers, but uh, yeah, you'll you'll see what Watarian can do. Um, but 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 Death Guard <laughs> aside for a minute, you what are you are you looking at doing? I know you've got like a, a Blood Angels list, which is basically your Blood Ravens, but played yes. as played as uh, Blood Angels, right? So mm -hmm. Rich and I both yeah. both run uh, like successor chapter of Blood Angels um, as our like Space Marines. Mm -hmm. um, so is that your is that mm -hmm. your like pick for? You know, absent Death Guard is your pick for like this is my competitive smashy hammer army. Yeah, so it's always been a bit of a meme because I've always run because I was basically playing pure Space Marines. I've always run my Blood Angels as any chapter because they've always had in the Codex. It's always specifically said Blood Ravens can use any chapter because they don't have a known founding. They're always like they're the example. So I'm like I can use anything I like. Mm -hmm. Um, narrative. So I, I like used to run them as <laughs> exactly. I'm narrative. Yeah. So I used to run them as Raven Guard and stuff like that. I think at No Retreat I took like Smash Captains and Aggressors infiltrating with Raven Guard, which is a good one. Um, but then, um, so like now with I didn't run them as Space Wolves or Blood Angels or anything because they were like a separate codex. And I like as much as I'm taking the piss within this codex, I think that'd be too much. But now they're like fair game because they're just all in one book. Um, but I wrote essentially I was playing Blood Angels before the Death Guard book came out because they were arguably the strongest faction in the game um 
purely because, again, like as I said earlier, like damage to your weapons are like really clutching the meta. Um, because they deal with things with three wounds because you just have to get two through, for example. And obviously four wounds if you're looking at like Alara's Custodians, for example. Um, I saw because of Coldscripts is playing Custodians, so watch out for Blood Angels. Oh, he knows yeah, what he's like. But right he, kn he knows he knows how his, uh, his term the Terminators die. Oh, fuck you, Rich. Rich applied it. Blade OG. Yeah, Rich, Rich applied a thick layer of, of Blade Guard to uh, to uh, to his Custodians, <laughs> and it didn't go well for him. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, so pre pre Death Guard, I think Blood Angels are definitely the top faction. I think they're still really good. Mm. I think they can actually deal with. I think they're actually a good counter for Death Guard. But I think they're the one of the few counters. Um, but yeah, so they are. They're pretty clutch for it. Yeah. Uh, I re I really like them. I think they're really strong. So I've always I've always like a bit of a I've always liked. Well, I say I always like. I've always wanted to play combat armies, but they've never worked. Yeah. But I think Blood Angels have that niche where they can be Space Marines and to be combat, where other armies really struggle to do that. I think that was a yeah. big thing in Eighth as well. Like Eighth was the addition of the gunline in many ways. Yeah, exactly. Everything was just choppy. If you brought combat, if you played it really well, you caught a lot of people off guard because no one really played mm. it. Um, but it was it's a, it's always been a strong way to play. But now in ninth edition, it's definitely the strongest way to play. I think gun lines don't work because they can't play the mission, mm. which is the main thing. The mission's always been the biggest mm. thing. Yeah, we we know there's a, a guy who plays as part of the uh, London Wargaming Guild, Simon, who uh, back in eighth edition was running um, <sighs> Slanesh Demons. And I just remember every time mm. it was it was like one of those classic catch you catch you off guards things because it just all of a sudden it's like yeah. oh hang on a minute I've got f like sixty demonets in my lines and everything's dying this yeah. isn't supposed to happen <laughs> it's like oh, oh feels bad like, why are they conga lining out to all these objects oh wait I've lost. I, will, I, will say as well, I will say as well actually Simon had some distinct and unique advantages over the rest of us when it came to like the tactics he was using and such. Well, he is, yeah, mm. I mean, it is, it is like his job to just do yeah. military tactics. Oh, so, okay. Fair oh, enough I know yeah. that. Um, he was he's a military strategist. <laughs> nice. Helps. Uh, Practicing yeah. Warhammer, I'm sure that helps. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he's too powerful. <laughs> <laughs> but like, do you know what? That's that's another good example. I think Ed, Ed will agree with this. Like, that's another good example of where people were incredibly righteous and incredibly wrong. Because I remember at the start of ninth edition all the comments around like oh this is this is even more shooty than uh, than eighth edition like this is this is going to be like combat armies are dead they're useless and like yeah now blood mm -hmm. angels space wolves demons and obviously now obviously death guard are slow but you can still get them into combat and they're, they're still pretty nasty yeah. like it and harlequins yeah, and harlequins, well. yeah it, like it favors those like sort of I mean, again, I'm contradicting myself by saying speedy combat armies because the Death Guard are not speedy. But you know, you yeah, you, you, they have resilience on their side, yeah. which lends to the fact that they're not they're slow. Disgustingly resilient, you might say. This, oh. this is what I mean though about about how <laughs> that it kind of covers their weaknesses because like even though they're slow, it's like are they getting to the midboard turn one and turn two? Yes, that's all you need. That's, like, my edition yeah. is one in the midboard, and that's like that's it like and that's that's such a yeah. Like, yeah, like adam says like if you can still find those comments on on the 40k competitive group on facebook if you look uh listeners because like if if yeah if, if you if you type in like <laughs> combat is dead like you'll see it all because there people were like combat is completely dead uh, yeah like, as, as adam says which is quite funny um, to me <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's i think it's going to be interesting like to see where and and i guess 
question for you mikey like where do you think things are going to go obviously we've got the Drakari codex coming out we've got which you've mentioned mm. we've got the dark angels coming out which i know ed is oh ed, yeah I forgot about ed, ed, ed's, ed's <laughs> are like massive dark angels uh he, he is the true son of the lion so uh he 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 knows mm-hmm. them inside and out and i think he's looking forward to getting them on tabletop do you think they're going to be uh do you think they're going to be strong obviously with the we know about the de- the um Oh god, I was about to say Death Company and Ed will fly from Caliban and murder me. No. Death what are they called? The uh, Death, Death Wing. Wing. There we go. Wing of Death. Yeah, they are quite scary at the minute with the uh, Death Wing because of obviously the the prop transhuman all game. So can't win them on better than a four plus. But I don't think that I don't think that'll stick. I don't think that'll be in the codex. If it is, it'll get FAQ day one because <laughs> GW love to do that. Um, but they're not quite as because of because of the fact that the index it's a bit interesting because you can be like oh wow they're really good but they're going to change any minute like you look at like the space wolf index and the blood angels index compared to the codexes and it's just like all these things that went then ended up coming back and things that were in the index which weren't in the codex then didn't make the yeah, new codex for example like space wolves everyone was buying wolf guard because in the index it was a really good strategy where they did mortal wounds and then but that wasn't a thing in the first codex and then they brought out the newest codex and it's just gone yeah. it's just like oh disappeared. well yeah exactly exactly because of it it's obviously ridiculous but it's a cool trick but also then they're putting it in and then getting rid of it again which makes me think dark angel players if you're new and you bought death where you can go get them on ebay as fast <laughs> as possible just in case i i had i had a period where uh, all my, all my three armies were all quite reasonably bad, um, relatively, and I was I'm picking up stuff so so cheaply even now, like aberrants for example. Um, on I play GSC, like this, mm. they're, they're honestly they're like a pounder model. My Deathwing, I bought an eighth edition, and like my Terminators, I was honestly I think I probably average like a pound per Terminator. They're just so incredibly cheap because also uh, Dark Vengeance mm. helps with that quite a lot. But there is a yeah, severe sure. benefit to your army not being so good because like you just yeah. the market response and you just get stuff so cheaply. Um, like start ta- start town now if you want to start out like honestly yeah it's, start town it's, now, it's yeah. so cheap <laughs> do what i did buy the army in boxes and then just wait <laughs> yeah it's like yeah. stonks right you know it's like an investment you know carlequins are good now but they might get nerfed into the ground then i've got a brand new army i'm, not, I'm not so sure <laughs> <laughs> if they don't get nerfed to the ground i've got a brand new army to build <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> well, see, this is actually another question i was going to say um in terms of like being a creator on youtube and stuff and having all these changes mm-hmm. constantly and consistently uh, is it tough yeah. to keep up with it all <laughs> or is it just like oh it great is. more content um it's it's yes I, basically yes to both <laughs> um it's great for content because i can sit down in front of my camera and tell people what's happening that people like that they like there's too much to read on and i can break it down and be like you know you do my usual self and like break it down and try and meme on it a little bit um, to make it more interesting and more engaging to so people can learn what's changed. For example, we did like top 10 changes in the new FAQ, which was like a really good video because there was loads of changes in the FAQ, but there's like 10 that are really important. Um, there's loads of minor changes which will come up, but there's like important ones. So that's great. But when you're trying to play a game and you're like holding a camera <laughs> and you're trying to like commentate over it and you're like, oh, and then you've missed it because something's changed and you just like completely slipped your mind, for example. And the problem is, and I think um, it was quite funny because a lot of people like say that streamed games are better because, and some people who do stream games are better because they don't make oh, mistakes. Yeah. Whereas in like a battle <laughs> report, once you've made a mistake and you don't notice and you put, you spend like 
12 to 16 hours editing a battle report and put it out to the internet to be like oh yeah you know that mistake you made in turn one made a difference to the entire game <laughs> um, <laughs> whereas like with live stream games you have like hundreds if not thousands of people being like hey you can't yeah. do that that's wrong stop <laughs> and there you I go love that okay. with tabletop titans i remember this one time yeah. um, bridger was just mm. like because this they were doing the codex preview so the book wasn't out yet and they're still getting corrected on things like in the game and he's like yeah. first of all thank you for the correction Second of all, I don't approve of how you will know this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think there's a thing. I, I, I'm not calling them out because it, it ha- we've what as a content creator, we've all done it. But I think there's one where Brian had written a Chaos Knights list and he got all the house mixed up. Um, and it was a live game, so they corrected it at the start of the game because they'd gone through it and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, you can't do that," and they'd be like, "Okay, I'll do this instead." But imagine if they'd like filmed that battle report and played it completely yeah. wrong mm. and then you put it out yeah. and then they're just like the comments be like no <laughs> i mean this is the other thing as well like when you first started getting yeah. all of those kind of comments like especially in the early days how do you deal mm. with that you're so you, sensitive the temptation to just be oh, like fuck yeah. you Quipster is so sensitive to criticism yeah, yeah. on the internet <laughs> the comments that, the comments against Quipster are like oh Quipster, you should use this instead of this and he's like you're attacking me personally <laughs> 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 when every other just... comment is saying how beautiful he is yeah the, the yeah, comment section is so nice to me i'm so yeah. thankful for that so, so, so mikey if you, if you <laughs> listen to these podcasts if you, if you uh, care to listen to any of our previous episodes you'll note that we're actually quite don't. horrible to sometimes right yeah i mean don't don't listen i think to he it. deserves well we, it we have this, yeah this is know, the thing we have this to complimenting let's call it in the, in the comment section yeah we, we have to keep him we have to keep him grounded because otherwise it's just like oh you beautiful man and your beautiful custodies and it's like you know the music of angels when you appear so we just Fuck have- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, that, that's going at the start. Just of the to podcast. remind you, you're scum. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to those comments. You're actually scum. Get back in the basement. <laughs> Paint that tile. Paint that one tile for the next three hours on that base. Go now. Go. Back again. <laughs> yeah, 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 Mikey. You're welcome back anytime you want, mate. Um, no, but this oh is so, so. Me, so me and me and me and me and Ed uh, and and Rich is kicking it off as well. I've all have started uh, doing. Uh, YouTube channels recently, and and one of the one of the issues is that you know Quipster has been very supportive. I mean, this is we're going to be nice about him, which just makes me makes my skin hurt. But um, he he's Terrible. he's very supportive about this. But the problem is, yeah, we're all these like sort of goblinoid creatures that are making these videos, and you've got like bloody Adonis over it, wandering <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I mean, we we you know we just need we just need to get that boost and then to make sure he's brought down to our our grim level. <laughs> Good idea. I would, however, yeah. like to Wait. point out that you call yourselves like goblinoid creatures, but you're all actually very charismatic, well spoken, and intelligent oh, people. Mate. You have a lot to bring oh. to the community. I'm not well spoken. I'm northern. <laughs> <laughs> you're northern charm. That's, what I'm say. That's the most patronising thing yeah. I've ever heard. <laughs> You're not badly spoken. It's northern charm, you know. If ever there was a stereotype, if ever there was a stereotype of like the poncy southerner having a go, like the good people, the sort of the earth people of the north. Groups, in the right it, yeah, it's you, mate. It's just like, oh yes, well, you know, I, I really do like uh, rugby league, so it's fine. <laughs> I'm actually from a cricket family. <laughs> Right, rugby union is better anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but um, to answer your question, uh, about comments, because um, obviously you said like, how do you deal with negative comments on channels, uh, on videos? Sorry, especially like it's one of those things. It's like once you've been scarred, it hurts less. I think. 
because when I when, when I first started, I used to get a lot. Well, not a lot, but you know, like the negative comments always shine brighter than the positive ones. And um, at first, like I used to like mass delete stuff. I'm like, you're a negative comment, go away. You. <laughs> and I think like over the over the years, I've been in this for like three, like just over three years. I've been on YouTube for just over three years. I've been on online doing this for like nearly five now um because i basically just started the channel on twitch originally rather than youtube and then we moved over to youtube later on um it's one of those things when you're really small and you're getting like one or two nice comments you get that one bad comment and you're like oh my god i am done for what am i doing in my life why am i making videos people hate me even though you got like three nice comments one guy said you were a dick and you're like oh my god i'm a dick. <laughs> um <laughs> but then like when as you grow and is and it, as it happens more and more you start to realize and you just have to think to yourself like that person has spent time out of their day to leave you a snotty comment and they've probably got nothing better to do so that's probably their day's entertainment so fair enough but at my expense i mean this is the thing actually i uh i, I remember the first <laughs> bat rep i ever did did with liam um and he was he was sort of hesitant he was like okay whenever i get anyone on i always say don't read the comments and i was just like okay okay luckily they were i should always read the comments do what mikey does screenshot well, them make a video sorry, go where on. you go Finish through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but well that's the thing like if that would happen to me like a couple of years ago and then people would be hating me in the comments i'd be like oh that's it where's the delete channel button we can find it anywhere around here but now i'm just like <laughs> right yeah you're funny let's <laughs> this, go this is content I'm the memes. <laughs> this is this is content epic gamer moment <laughs> But it was just like, like Liam said to me, like, before you respond to anything negative, wait a day. And if you still care after a day, then do yeah, it. Yeah. And I, yeah. I've had that happen to me twice where someone called me out on a... No, someone called me out on a choice in a list. And I was just about... I was okay. poised to just be like, fuck you. I chose that on purpose. This is why. Like, you're a moron. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, wait, I'm not going to do that. And yeah. the next day, I just didn't give a shit. After yeah, what yeah. I did to those kids last like... night, not kids, those people on COD last night, I might have to like say to you lot before <laughs> I, I respond to anything. I need to screenshot Mikey's face there. I need to screenshot Mikey's face. That was beautiful. <laughs> just, uh, just, just, yeah. Like, oh my context, God. Context, context. No, get out of the basement, <laughs> children. <laughs> oh God. Run. Yeah, I, I Would you like to see my that. Pokeballs? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've got a little pseudo winner right now. <laughs> Rich will know what uh, that means. Yeah, yeah. So, no, as, 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 as the lawyer in the room, Rich, I'm going to give you some free advice here, which yeah. is don't open your statement with after what I did to those kids last night in any situation. It won't go well for you. No. <laughs> right, I was talking about just the way I responded to those people on COD yesterday. The people. No, we know they're kids, Rich. Uh, they probably were kids, but they were being rude, and then I retaliated straight away. Because we just won the game. Yeah, yeah but the, the issue well, I'll run that by is, you is, first. As we, did, as we did say on previous episodes, the issue is that all the rest of us have got the settings done so we can't hear anyone else but you. So there's just silence, then you telling a lot of like random people to uh, like do things to your genitalia, <laughs> and then just back to silence again. And we're like, Rich, what's going on? You're like, oh, yeah. And it's kids! <laughs> Adam! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and apparently, Rich, you can hear them. We can't. Apparently, they're kids, so maybe don't oh do that. Yeah. I was That's defending really our as a group. I was defending our honour. I'm kidding. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> right, so um, this is me done oh. in the concrete anyway. while I'll be in prison from tomorrow. So I'll see you guys in how many years is that? Probably five years? I don't know. 
Anyway, bad comments on YouTube. <laughs> the best thing, what, the best thing to do now. What I've learned in little secret trick for people that do have channels and get negative comments, is that um, when you like or dislike a comment, they can see that you've disliked it, but no one else can. <laughs> so I like to, if you're a dickhead, I'll dislike it or I'll heart react it. Heart reacts are public, so that everyone can see that. So if you're a dickhead, I'll just heart react. <laughs> but but if you're just being snotty, being like. That's so stupid, Miss. Why did you take that? I'll just dislike it. And they'll know I've disliked <laughs> it, but no one else will. <laughs> Do you know what? That's I like. I... And don't you forget I... it. <laughs> I like that, because that's like a level of pettiness, which matches the level of pettiness of people who are like, oh, you've taken the, this particular combination of units. I wouldn't do that. Oh, there's so yep. much of that yeah, as well. Exactly. It's fucking assholes. Yeah, there is. Uh, but the thing is, it's like a, it's a, it's a competitive game at the end of the day. Yeah. There's a winner and a loser. Everyone will know. Well, everyone will think they know the best way to do something. Um, obviously, in competitive, it's sometimes right, mostly wrong. But in narrative, it's just like, essentially, you just take what you want, really, don't you? You're like, yeah. I want to take this because it's cool. For example, but it's just like there very is no right things, answer. Yeah, very few things in the game are this is objectively better than this in every single way sometimes sometimes that does happen but usually that isn't the case and so yeah i, I just prefer the playstyle. it's perfectly fine i think it's also where actually is another benefit from doing the live streaming thing because you can just do that so whereas when you post a bat rep mm -hmm. it's just going to be in comments and you'd have to reply if somebody you know live you know chats on the titans let's say and says why have you taken three of these he just goes oh i just like the models that that that, that is a sufficient answer to be fair for That's the it, trolls it but it just ends it it just ends it whereas you know, it, yeah, yeah, that's cuts it. it there. Live streaming is an interesting beast because of the great thing about live streaming as well. People remind you, it's kind of like stream sniping on video games. It's like, oh, did you forget that strap? Yeah. It's like, oh, shit, yeah, I did. Yeah. I'll do that. <laughs> and then you, <laughs> okay, cool, thanks. Thanks, comments. Yeah, I've got to admit, I do. So, Ed and I, okay, you know, I think all of us, I watch, I watch a lot of the Tabletop Titans live streams as well. Um, and my, one of my yeah, favorite sure. things is just whenever, Who does whenever, whenever, whenever Brian's in the middle of doing something, you just hear Bridget go, uh, Chad's telling us uh, that uh, mm -hmm. you can't do that. And Brian's just like, oh, really? Where? Where's, give me a page reference. Yeah. And then it's just like, they, and then someone yeah. in chat will just be it's like, yes, it's page 275. Page I like it when he's right. When they're, page when they're, 69, when it's like, uh, Yes, you can't, uh, you can't use that strat on that unit. He's like, you can and then it's like, oh, there's going to be another battle with him in chat. And then Bridge is like, Fight. yeah, chat <laughs> yeah. Out, idiots. And <laughs> that's the benefit. Of, like, <laughs> that's the main benefit that live streaming has over um, like pre-recorded games. Like pre-recorded games, I think they're more engaging. Well, not more engaging, but like easier for someone to click on. Mm. So like if you like go on your YouTube recommended, for example, you see like a five hour live stream and then you see an hour, an hour long battle report, you're probably more likely going to click on the hour long battle report. You're probably more likely going to click on the 10 minute video that's next to it. But out of those two, just... you're probably going to click on the hour long battle report. But that has a disadvantage of somewhat you're relying on someone to remember, usually me, if it's for my video, for example, remembering everything. And it's really hard to do because especially at the minute, because I'm basically I'm playing every matchup which before, before the pandemic, before it was an issue, I had multiple people come play the matchups. At the minute, I'm playing every single matchup. So I'm having to remember multiple armies all the time, and that makes it a hell of a lot harder. Because yeah. uh, I'm basically, like, every other, every other week, I can't keep playing Space Marines, for example. As much as I'd love to, I can't play Space Marines every week because people don't want to see that. It's yeah. repetitive. Um, whereas before, I, I wouldn't play as much, but I'd be playing Space Marines quite a lot, so I got quite good with them. But at the minute, in ninth edition, I'm playing a new army every other week. I think I've played. I think I've played every army I own. So there's nine nine different armies I've played in ninth edition. And trying to remember rules for each one of those every game is just like 
Uh, <laughs> it's too much. Do you, do, you, do you find you prefer then the... Do you, do you, like, as you say, from the viewer's point of view, as you say, maybe people will click on the Ars Battle report or the 10-minute video would, is probably just Valrak talking about mm. Dawn for 10 minutes. But anyway, um, the... Yeah, uh, the, um, yeah we, we love you, Chaps Master Valrak. I'm, I'm kidding. Um, but uh, the, um, the do, you, do you find that the live streaming is, is like preferable for you? Because there, there is that pressure, but could you have got the chat there if you do get stuff wrong, like you've got enough people who've taken the time to get on the live stream to just who will correct you mm-hmm. and like not in a dickish way where they'll just be like, oh, hey, you could have done this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because as I said, a lot of people remind you of stuff. Like I was playing on the last live stream we did was Death Guard mm. uh, versus Custodians and people were reminding me of stratagems because obviously they'd like seen a preview, probably a leak or something somewhere. So people had the books anyway. They were like, oh, you could have done this. I was like, oh, yeah, that's very true. Whereas in a, like a report, in like a normal report, you just ha- don't have that uh like primary interaction let's call it of people being like you can't do that or you should you could do this for example and being like you could use this stratagem to do that and people want to see that that's why they're watching you know they're looking for these cool little tricks or these stratagem plays and stuff like that um which i think the like traditional bat reports have like a bit of a downside but then also traditional bat reports generally do a lot better if that makes sense like live streams you catch people while while you're live but you don't catch it when you're offline Whereas with like a normal video, we'll catch people twenty four seven. If that makes sense. So it's interesting. It's definitely it's a new age. I think. Sorry, you shoutcasted like some tournament games as well. So that must be quite an interesting experience to do like interact with chat, but also with the watching the, the the game. Yeah. So we covered uh, the like the London Grand Tournament last year. No, year before. Um, we covered uh, Game at EU's event. Uh, the Prague Open, we've covered new the Newcastle event, NEO, and lots I, of other I events as well. Lots of smaller events. As well. I, I heard this was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Someone in the comment section was trying to get me to do it. And man, those live streams, them previews, man, they're so boring, aren't they? They're like, oh, cool video, and it's like 15 minutes of nothing. <laughs> well, when they, when they, they, they were talking <laughs> yesterday about the names of their guns, and they were like, I don't know what they do, all their names. So like, <laughs> I'm just looking at the model at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so like like casting and streaming events is really fun but it's like it's a lot different to like when you're playing a game live because like my job then is to sit and talk to chat and tell people what's happening i'm sat with the codex yeah. open whereas like when i'm playing a game i'm like trying to remember you know um but live streaming events is really fun it's probably one of the, the most fun i've had doing the channel nice. um like it's, it's just a really fun experience like getting to go away like i mean i went to prague to cover an event which is great That's awesome. um to go out to like meet meet the guys from game IEU and meet all those and like see everything how it works and then go and cover a live event which is like just it's just such like amazing experience to be able to like travel the world one warhammer tournament <laughs> at a time because obviously i've been to the us now why did i go I went to play toy soldiers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know i've been to gibraltar multiple times to play toy soldiers i've been to amsterdam to play toy soldiers <laughs> It's, it's, it's a good good enough reason so, to go so hopefully we'll we'll be able to travel because i've managed to convince my other yeah. my other half that she she was like yeah you could actually to be fair to her she came like out of the blue with this when we when back in the day when we could talk about lvo being a thing and being on that we could go to um she, oh, she yeah. was like she was like oh yeah that'd be if you guys want to do your little like nerd trip there i'll just go and look at the grand canyon for a bit that's fine <laughs> by me. i was like i'm yeah. like brill let's let's do it um 
but <laughs> let's go. But on on the on the kind of rules side of things, and when you're doing the streaming and and, and the, the I guess the the filming of the battle reports as well, do you ever? Because obviously mm-hmm. you 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 know you, you're somebody who gets uh, like previews of of, of codexes, um, you know, slightly before the rest of us, right? Because you are in that mm-hmm. in that in that privileged position. Like you've got that Dark Angels one right now, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Let me just check my email. No, it's okay. Yeah, it's right next to me. Obviously, this is a lie, but you know. But do you do you ever do you, c- maybe in a couple of weeks I couldn't make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever do you ever do you ever find yourself in a situation where you've you've like read through and whether it's on let's say a bat rep or a stream and I guess the way to control it is just not to play that army. But is there ever a risk that you've like looked through something in the new codex and you just go, um, you know, you're, you're in the middle of playing a game and you just go, oh yeah, well you know this unit can do that and you're like, oh wait, hang on a minute, that's a new thing, can't talk about that yet rewind that one you know and have to have to just try and avoid that um and <laughs> uh, i don't think i've got to be careful mm. about how i say this so i don't think i don't think i've ever been i've never been in a position where i've like got multiple things happening at once like that i imagine that happens for other channels that like play testers but like i probably get i get like a new book that's like two days before pre-order right like, right right so maybe like one time i get i got one on friday at 3 p.m um, and it obviously pre-ordered Saturday, and everyone's gonna have the videos. Out, and I got it on the Friday <laughs> afternoon. Um, that so that's like how late Games Workshop leave it. Um, for example, um, this is two hours into a podcast. So hopefully they're not listening. But, <laughs> I don't know. I don't you're, know how much this is allowed like, to say or not. Your affiliate manager is just gonna be like, right, Mikey. Well, we've uh, we've listened to you on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sixty-nine four twenty. Get out of here. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so like I've never been in a position where I've got like multiple books at the same time right. that have like one I can talk about, one I can't. It's always these are all the ones. I think I think it's to do with controlling leaks and stuff, yeah. um, because obviously leaks happen like that. Mm. You know, as soon as as soon as either sometimes before I've got the book, um, the leaks are out. You know, I was th- for example the three p.m. on Friday was Death Watcher and Space Wolves, and I was writing my reviews from a leak because I didn't have the book. Um, for example, Jeez. which is like yeah. how late they leave it. So uh, it's, it's very, yeah, I've never been in that position, thankfully. But as a playtester, uh, well, I'm not a playtester, but I imagine playtesters ha- do have that problem all the time because they'll be like trying to do something, you know, especially if you're like trying, to, trying out a new game or something like that. They're like, they're like playing 9th edition and then they're still recording for 8th edition. I mean, Tabletop Tactics yeah. like that, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm not in that position, thankfully. I think I'd proper mess up. <laughs> <laughs> Especially like a live, sh- like a live stream in particular. That's the other thing with live streams. Yeah. You could do. You're obviously always on camera, whereas if you're editing it, you can edit stuff out. You know, like all the terrible jokes we're making about Rich earlier. <laughs> <laughs> that was that my own fault. We're talking about that kind of stuff, though. Like coming into the new year, coming to 2021. Are there any other different kinds of content you want to be making, or that you you have mm. to make because obviously we can't play bat reps right now because we're on lockdown. Yeah, it's it's real. It's it's been really tough. Obviously, this is I like. Um, I I do this full time now. This is now my job. Uh, I used to work at a university, but um, I basically got made redundant. That's why I do this full time <laughs> now. Um, <laughs> it's just one of those things. Thankfully, I had something to fall back on. Um, but then I was like, I was running events at the time when I first started doing this. We obviously we were doing COVID secure twenty four man events, and then they've gone like up shit creek now. Um, and making bat reports whilst legal is still feels sketchy because like technically i have i can have employees in my house to work because this is the workplace technically it's still dodgy so i don't do it a lot 
I'm doing it at a bare minimum at the minute. That's why if people do look at like the channel, the bat report schedule went from two every week to now, you know, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's it's just it's just like, prop. I I've I've kind of like hopefully I've expressed it well enough to the people who do support the channel and especially financially. Um, it's just like I'm just doing what I can at the minute. So I'm making like lots of like what we call coffee time. I'll sit and chat videos where I just talk, talk ramble to a camera because that's like content that I can make right now. And obviously I've roped Georgie into playing Warcry with me where she swore at me probably 19 times within space of 12 seconds or something because uh, <laughs> she didn't like me playing me. Um, but yeah, so at the minute I'm looking, I started 3D, I bought a 3D printer last year. And like, that's like a really interesting upcoming technology, which is actually like directly affecting the miniatures community whether that's in 40k or any other game mostly dungeons and dragons it's humongous in there so i'm like working with um like 3d printing content at the minute so i've got some exciting stuff that i'm gonna be doing actually this week um i'm gonna be working with a company that have got a crowdfunding campaign i'm gonna be like 3d printing their miniatures and stuff like that they're, they're, they're like terrain stuff uh but that's like it's obviously bad it's like if you're going out and 3d printing your next space marine armor you're a bit of a knobhead Mm. Uh, but if you're 3D printing cool miniatures to paint, it's a really, really fun and exciting technology that's like really on the climb at the minute. And 3D printing terrain and stuff like that is really cool as well. Um, I mean, yeah, that's so, talking about 3D printing. That's actually another really interesting thing to explore. Like the fact that I see, especially on some of the uh, kit bash groups, people when they say, "Oh yeah, mm -hmm. I just 3D printed this uh, chap, this like Terminator chaplain," and a lot of people go like, "Oh, that's amazing." And I kind of look mm. at it and I'm just like, no, all you've done is rip off someone's IP and it's like to the detriment of the game. Like, mm. do you find, especially as a tournament organizer, that you have to like look at some people's armies or miniatures and just be like, what the fuck are you playing at? Um, so as a TO in my own events, I say that anything that is a, not a Games Workshop model is a proxy. And all proxies must be confirmed, basically. Um, it's, it's, it's a really it's a really interesting morality issue because it's like everyone's downloaded an illegal movie right no one hasn't done that i don't know what oh, you're you shouldn't about. You, you, you shouldn't but apparently i've already broken it. a law once in this uh, podcast yeah, so i'm just God, gonna say yeah. quiet <laughs> you, you wouldn't download a space yeah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to love those you wouldn't steal a car well i mean no but like if there was no consequence i mean <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. well there is consequences just unlikely to then happen get, right? yeah. <laughs> could get arrested for it but it's unlikely it's one of those it's real it's real issue because it's like you shouldn't but it's so easy mm. it's so easy to do and if you're doing it for yourself you're pretty much like if you've designed the model you're in the wrong if you've downloaded a model and printed it and then painted it the chances of you getting punished for that is very slim uh, but it's something that i like i'm not a fan of but when but when it's like if it's a direct copy let's say we're going to print a space marine with a bolter if it's a direct copy and it looks like a space marine you're a bit of a knobhead mm. but there's like there's some cool designers where they've made someone's someone's designed an entire gene steel cult army but it's skaven themed so it's like rat people on like cool like bikes and stuff like that that are like they're like um like the uh, similar to like the doom wheels from fantasy if you know skaven they've got like the wheel things and it's like a skaven on a motorbike well i call it skaven a rat person <laughs> on a motorbike with like a wheel going all the way around and they're like the i can't remember what they're called in jesus calls atalan jackals uh 
That's it, the Atalan Jackals. So, like, they're, like, replacements for it, and they have, like, cool buggies that are, like, rat-themed. And I think for that, it's really cool, because you're essentially playing a proxy army, right? You've got rat people. They're not genes. They're the cool yeah. models. They're, like, a unique thing that are based on or can have, like, a similar equivalence of these units. But if you're just printing genes to the cult models, that are, that are genes to the cults, mm-hmm. might me personally, I think you're a bit of a dickhead. Because you shouldn't do it because yeah. it is ripping off, you know. But it's 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 a bit. But when you look at like third like proxy models or things that are similar, I think it's more in the boundary of buying something from a, a different company and using that. For example, like Creature Caster are massive in the US, and everyone uses their models for Greater Demons. If you three D print a cool th- Greater Demon that looks like a demon, but it doesn't look like the exact thing that you could buy off the shelf, then it's like I mean more okay. I have other issues with Creature Caster than the three uh, D printing thing. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> just what? Like, That's so ominous. Well, was... no, just like they have this thing where they just put boobs on everything, and you're just like. I mean, that's the thing. It's like if if you like that, you like that. If you don't, you don't. Yeah. You know, there's loads of. Companies I mean, you can have that, that whole tight argument. If um, most of the animes and mangas ever made. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. True, and I. Sp- and they're usually underage in oh, animes. Exactly. Oh, so. <laughs> um. But yeah, like the, uh, to be fair, the the uh, the world of proxies does give rise to some absolutely, and, and this is a really sorry, really inane thing to say. But one of the things I like about the uh, the proxy market, third party market, is just the quality names they have to come up with to distinguish them from G Dub's IP. <laughs> so you end up with like the sisters Cyborg of fighting, robots. yeah, yeah. Necro <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. It's just like, or what? What, should... what was one of the one of the best ones I've ever seen? Oh, a, oh. Um, it was the Primarks. Yeah, Pro-Turbo. it was Pro Turbo. <laughs> pro 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 turbo there's <laughs> this big guy with armor on it's like oh right yeah <laughs> well that happens with like the 3d printing stuff as well because they just name stuff really weirdly like space vampires or like i can't there's some there's some really funny ones it'd be like mr mccangry with giant axe and uh <laughs> sippy cup and something like that and it's like a sangria priest because <laughs> he's got the chalice for the sippy cup and stuff oh it's just God. obviously like he's out there and but it's just like it, it's constantly going up and down because people at that games workshop or someone is just like ripping it down all the time um but yeah it's a really interesting if you look at it in the way i look at it i think it's a really interesting technology if you look at it it'd be like haha 3d printers the same price as an army and i can print two armies with this and then yeah you just your dick whatever yeah. like yeah it's like it's like you know buying an xbox and then just like buying copied games it's like you're not providing anything you're just there <laughs> so, <laughs> you're doing the opposite of providing so 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 obviously you, you said you've got your 3d printer you're doing your the, you've got this project coming up have you got any what, what else if we may probe into the mind of mikey for a second and into the the future of hellstorm <laughs> yeah we, clapping monkey <laughs> it's like it's like oh there's thought there'd be a lot more in here um no but uh, have you have you you got anything that you can tell us about apart from that that is your like big plans for 2021 where do you want to see the channel go in in the ideal world where we suddenly get rid of this pandemic and you know we're allowed to come back and game again where where do you want to take it and Mm. where where do you want to go with it um it's it's obviously really tough because you can think the, the pandemic could go any second but it could also last for a long time mm. so it is hard to say like oh i want to do this this year um i'd like to just keep progressing keep making good fun content um and just keep growing the channel my plan i'd love to so i basically i don't i'm not the only one who works on hellstorm there's me and tom mm. um who plays admech you might have seen him on a battle report so he edits for the channel as well he edits a lot of the content with me um my plan my real plan is to take him on full time and then i can then consistently 
produce reports like produce battles like week in week out because the issue i've got right now is not only is there a pandemic is that i'm i'm here ready to record but the people i record with also have daytime jobs you know mm. so like, we're limited on time as well um so my, my plan is to essentially people who work with me i want to look after them so my number one at the minute is like getting tom and being able to pay him a, re a proper wage because i'm just you know it's just really difficult right now because it's like oh yeah you can edit this and then it's like all right we ain't got bat report for three weeks so uh see ya <laughs> <laughs> um but that, that's kind of like my plan and then uh, the the one when i can then i basically my plan for this year to release consistent battle reports right mm. so a pandemic aside hopefully we can get back to that one battle report on youtube one battle report on the website every single week because that has always been my plan and then hopefully just take it from there and see what happens i'd love to start streaming events again uh, when that does come around we'll just have to see what events we can stream i'd love to start running events again but again it's just all pandemic permitting right now um it's a real big issue it's just one of those things right yeah. just like just keep plodding along for now we'll get out of it eventually yeah i think i think it's been good though like one of the one of the things that i'd say is a positive of this year right leaving aside the fact we haven't been able to play you know play games and considering mm. how much social interactivity this hobby actually depends on like the growth of mm. of, of, of of obviously reflected in the fact that g-dubs have just made tons of money, so much money. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, and then they still put heavy intercessors in a hundred pound box <laughs> 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 which 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 you know we're all gonna buy as well i mean that's yeah. the thing um oh, yeah. but yeah. uh but yeah they're, they're, they've obviously Genius. done really well to the point that like you know it's getting into the 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 that's so, not like i'm like talking like some kind of outside of the cult here into the normie press um where like they're talking about, <laughs> about g-dubs doing well um is that you know that when we come back there's going to be so many people with like painted armies who've been chatting on on you know on on stream have been talking on like certainly like we do we, we we're on house party pretty much every night like painting yeah. and doing hobby and stuff among mean. our group um so there's going to be so many more people in the hobby and i just think that's i think that's going to be really exciting yeah. and it's going to be a, a like a properly exciting time that's the like light at the end of the tunnel mm -hmm. it is yeah i agree it's going to be it's going to be really interesting because there's going to be like as soon as possible there's going to be like 19 events in the uk every single week <laughs> <laughs> like it's going to just be you're just going to be like bleeding tournaments everywhere where do you see uh, and, uh, kind of the event space going do you see it them trying to push it to be like a really competitive gaming scene like they do with like fifa all the prize money you can get and or do you see like esports yeah just esports yeah, yeah that's uh on the tip of everyone's tongue at the minute because it's kind of because it does feel like it's going the same direction as like gaming did especially how big it is and again as like the normie press are getting into it next they'll be like if you play warhammer your kids are gonna have anger issues for the rest of their life and stuff like that uh because it's just you know the normies are scared of it. <laughs> well, <laughs> worship angron who is some kind of satanic yeah. demon figure talking about this yeah, did you uh, did you guys see that guardian article that came out uh, i think yesterday or the day before about that guy who went on a date no i did not i saw the headline i didn't read it though. yeah so the headline yeah. of it was um yeah when he talks about modeling i wasn't expecting him to show me a cabinet full of miniatures was this about you <laughs> mate is this about you <laughs> Isn't that just one of the hardest things to explain? Though? Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, it's like doing dating. It's like, thankfully, uh, I said George, you worked at a Warhammer shop when we met, <laughs> so I was very lucky. That I didn't have to explain it. <laughs> but like, oh man, it's just the worst thing. I mean, right? as as a single person, like, I you have to explain it early because it's actually quite a big part of my life. And so you're like, yeah. oh yeah, I've actually got this really really nerdy hobby, and they're like, oh, I'm a nerd too, and you're like, 
not like this. <laughs> okay, no, you're not. Okay, <laughs> sit down for a second. I've got some explaining to do. <laughs> yeah, you're like you're like on a date or something, and you're like, oh yeah, I've got um, a cool hobby. It's um, it's Warhammer. It's like, oh, what's that? It's like, you, you know that thing from Forty Year Old Virgin. <laughs> Yeah, that. <laughs> okay, cool, right. Oh, I'm um, not going to lie. I, when's the taxi getting here again? <laughs> I did. I was on a date once, and I did explain uh, pretty much the majority of the Horus Heresy to this girl. And, uh, nice. Yeah, don't do that. She never spoke to me I'm again. I'm sure that went well. It did not. <laughs> at all. It's funny to me how there's this thing of, like, a lot of nerd culture has become normalized. And actually, I would say it's cool. Like, I don't hang around many high schools anymore, but I would reckon... If you did, if you ask kids, like, oh yeah, so if, if a kid reads comic books in the class, is that cool? I, I reckon that is quite quite a cool thing to do. And like to be obsessed with Marvel is like quite cool and lots of things. Mm. But then as soon as Warhammer seems to be the, the point, See, like, being a nerd is cool now, right up to Warhammer. It's like, no, nah, that's a bit weird. Well, as soon as it becomes an e, as soon as it becomes a e-sport or whatever, because it's like with Marvel, the success of the movies blew up. With like FIFA, FIFA blew up as a game. It became an e-sport. Everybody loves mm-hmm. FIFA. League mm-hmm. of Legends is the same. It's like the biggest prize pools out there. It probably, mm-hmm. it probably just go the same way. I think as well, it very much depends how you frame it, uh, because. There are cool people that like Marvel stuff now. There are cool people that like esports, whereas the stereotype in this hobby is still that like it's played by virgins who've never touched a woman in their lives. Yeah. And there's not much out yeah. there to sort of uh, show people that that's not the case. Because like mm-hmm. even the biggest... <laughs> yeah, other than this podcast. But like even the biggest 40k YouTube channels are only just hitting... 120k subscribers and this it's just nothing, yeah there's, there's really no one enemy like the wider world of the internet exactly so but yeah it's interesting because like um that the style of content as well as from what i've seen ever since i started in uh, doing youtube the, the the style of content has changed it's definitely gone to a more entertainment style venue rather than like this is my captain who has fought many battles and I'm using him in this army of 2,000. <laughs> you know, it's like we've all watched those battle reports like five years ago. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to say I've influenced anything, but there's definitely some channels that pick stuff up and you're like, I've done that. <laughs> I've done that. And you just do it as well. Um, and fair play to you. You know, I respect the hustle, you know. Um, but like the 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 way the the style of content rec- in like in recent years has definitely changed to a more like meme entertainment style mm-hmm. rather than like you know the models are happening and there's a game there but also the people are actually rel- relatively funny and I think that's the main thing yeah. that's changed in the past well, few years sure. and th- and that'll help boost it to the the more people who aren't into the hobby they'll like click on a video the issue is is clicking on two hour videos people don't want to no. do that mm-hmm. nobody does that nobody who's not in the hobby does mm-hmm. that. Whereas they'll click on like a 15 minute video. Like, you look at like, um, there's so many big YouTubers that get into it recently as well. They'll let you look at like uh, Angry Joe Show, who have like 300,000 subscribers. Mm. They're like OG YouTubers. Or maybe they've got more than that. No, they're on like a they're, million. Like, they've doing... they? Yeah, maybe I'm just talking about well, There's a, a guy called. Like, Angry Joe what? Show. There's a guy called like Real Human who's yeah. an ex-Marine who just does reviews on stuff on the internet. And he's just gotten yes. really into the, uh, mm. the hobby as well. Uh, yeah, well, he, he did that review of Astartes, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. He watched the yeah, video of Astartes, it. and he was he was just like, ah, I yeah, remember yeah. this. I did this when I was a kid. Like, hang on a yeah. minute. And there's a brilliant bit <laughs> at the end of that. There is a kid. Yeah, and I, I, I watched that. I saw that video, actually. Cause it's, mm. it's not. It's only from, like, a couple of weeks ago. Like, he, he watched it all. Yeah. And there's a really good bit at the end of that. Where he's, it's like that bit in Community where he's just like, I hope this doesn't awaken something in me. 
Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I actually did message him on Instagram, and I was like, "Dude, if you need someone to help you get into the hobby, like just oh god, of course, me or you or did. Something. of course you did." Yeah. 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 And he said hello, and now you're best friends. <laughs> <The whole song. laughs> well, yeah. Yes. What can I say? I was completely wrong. Getting to Joe show is like three million. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe start, maybe maybe when I watched watching him, he had that many. I just haven't watched him in a long time. <laughs> but he started do he started doing Warhammer. Obviously, Magic Carp mm. uh, used Fly or whatever. I think that's his username. Yeah, um, he was like a big League of Legends player. Now he's got a new channel called Dice Check, which like is streaming on Twitch all the time, doing battle reports. Um, there's big art streamers getting into it. Like there's Jazza. Oh, um, who's got like it was like a five million wow. wide um art channel that is like also i was like start playing warhammer again and it just does seem like a, lots of big channels getting so which helps when they're making like small content like i made a space marine diorama here's a review of an army i've just bought for example when they've got such a wide audience mm. Is like really helping the internet community grow. Well, it's not it's just that. Like if you like... if you look at, for example, the painting channels, uh, Miniac, Age of Squidmart, mm. those guys are killing it. Like Age of Squidmart got like oh, yeah. hundred thousand subscribers last year, and it's all ten minute videos yeah. about like painting. From his, so from his Fiverr videos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like it's all these like smaller videos um, that you can watch mm. and just not be in the hobby and be like, oh, that's, that's mm. pretty interesting. That's very entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, th- the the biggest thing with YouTube. It's click it's click through rate, right? It's like getting people to click on a video. That's why, like, as much as a meme is, it is people call me clickbait because my thumbnails are ridiculous and my titles are worse, you know. But it's like the hardest thing to do is like to get someone to click on a video that they don't know the person, they don't know the channel, you know, and all or even they don't know the content. Um, and that's the hardest thing because you're like you make a thumbnail and you're like, okay, let's write what it is. Here's my thumbnail. It's a podcast with Mikey from Hellstorm, for example. Mm. That's the thumbnail. It's just text. And then you're like, that's a cool thumbnail. You can see what it says. And then you like put that on the internet. And then it goes on YouTube. And then it goes, it gets surrounded by 10 other th- or 15 other thumbnails that are all like shocked reaction faces mm-hmm. or funny meat. Yeah, you got it. That's <laughs> that's the one. Um, just like ridiculous faces and like something really weird happening in the thumbnail. And you're like, are you going to click on that title? Or are you going to click on this? funny why this broke the fans is a a classic in warhammer yeah exactly warhammer fans are done (laughs) no one is going to play warhammer ever again you're like i'll I'll click that and find (laughs) out why no one's playing warhammer again i'll I'll click that (laughs) and then it turns out it's a reddit reaction video and there's nothing about why people (laughs) play warhammer anymore you just really care so now it's a it's a it's a 10 it's a 10 minute video (laughs) any channel it's a 10 minute video of uh people responding to mikey responding to comments on 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 reddit I was going to say, like, the the meme of the fact that people say clickbait is just because there's so much in Warhammer that's just very... People have got, like, in my opinion, like, a lot of the content creators got stuck in a rut, and people who break that mold do well, such as Squidmar, for example, um, who who's completely broken that mold and taken really interesting ideas. Like, Fiverr videos are, were humongous last mm. year. They were absolutely humongous. People get millions and millions of views every single day uh, from people doing weird stuff with Fiverr, and he did it with Warhammer and, like, like hit it you know he had he had had like thirty thousand subscribers and like a week later he had like as uh, clips said like 150 200 subscribers um so i don't even watch like i don't watch warhammer content on the internet Uh, my my influence of warhammer uh, youtube content is like the big one like as you mentioned like ksi and stuff Mm -hmm. like that like the probably the three most people the three biggest youtubers i watch is like pewdiepie will and e and then like other e-boys if you know yeah. them for example and they're just like massive youtubers getting millions of views every single day and i'm like 
that's really cool. They're really interesting ideas, and I try and like emulate yeah. that in War, but in Warhammer. I mean, know? there's nice. there's a lot I see on YouTube at the moment because I'm watching <laughs> a lot of like the Sidemen, uh, Will and Ian, all sort of like mm-hmm. that London-based crowd, and uh, yeah, actually not. I don't watch a lot of the American ones, and like obviously I watch all KSI as well, and I can see the influences of them on the stuff that you're putting out, and it's actually like yeah. quite gratifying to see because I'm just like, ah, oh, it's nice that someone's taking inspiration from somewhere that's not the 40k scene. And like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's something that that Liam does as well. He gets a lot of his inspiration from like the photography side of YouTube. So like mm-hmm. Peter McKinnon, um, Matty Hapoya, and all those kinds of guys. And it's yeah, it'd be nice to see like where you take that eventually. Mike is extra will be uh, getting yeah, a sponsorship exactly. of like Barclay Card and seeing how fast he can spend a hundred k on Warhammer models. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying. If Barclay Card are listening, hit me up. You know? I'll, get, I'll get you some good views. But no, it's like it's one of those things. It's like um what what did they say about uh imitation is the sincerest form of flattery right mm. uh but also imitation can only get you so far um and if you you're ne- if you're imitating something you'll never get bigger than that so i look at stuff that's way big you know i'll imitate the humongous mm. things like for example as i mentioned pewdiepie the biggest youtuber on the internet i'll emulate him because he's got a big massive audience and if i can get just a small portion of that i'll be quite happy <laughs> You know, Absolutely. <laughs> it's just one of those things. It's it's just it's funny. It's funny. Just, but yeah, I don't watch 40k content I just because I don't want to emulate that either. Because you do as a YouTuber, you do it by accident. You watch something and you'll start imitating it because it's in your mind. You won't do it on purpose. So I'd rather watch something that's different, that's not in the, the community and try and emulate that instead. But most of it, happy accident. But that's definitely where it's from. Nice. Oh, cool so yeah so i think 2021 the summary really is it's probably going to be a good year because obviously as you say the more people are getting into this the more youtubers we've got and and obviously i know it's a bit weird thing to say because obviously you have a channel but i think the more people that are competing with you and you're competing with others the better content we're going to get as well i mean that that for me is is yeah like just the you know competitiveness it's cash 22 yeah it's it's not good for you so sorry <laughs> but <laughs> yeah it's great it's great for viewers yeah, yeah. it's fantastic for viewers and that's the main thing right it's like it doesn't matter what i do the reason i make content is to entertain people um and if people are being entertained more elsewhere then fair enough that just means i've got to work harder right mm, mm. but then and that which which means you get overall you get better content out of everybody yeah yeah exactly sure. and then and then also on, on the gaming side like to take it back to what we were talking about earlier with the rules when we talk about the meta mm. i mean as i say the more people have got painted armies and are going to bring you know especially if you've got new people in the hobby who just might do something crazy because it's just yeah. never occurred to those in the competitive scene the competitive meta is going to get shaken up and with the you know the extra layer of all the new codexes as well and all the new rules mm. people are taking out of that and we've got crusade on top of that as well which are you, are you actually that's a, a very a very quick question are you gonna do or do you have any plans to do any crusade content are you, do you do you feel good about crusade or are you not a fan so i do have a plan oh for the crusade. there we go so, well excuses ladies and gentlemen speaking <laughs> of speaking of 3d printing i have some excellent files which look very similar to the dawn of war uh, base building oh, stuff nice. so like terrain pieces which look very similar so i was like i could do the dark crusade get it oh, you know like on dawn of war yeah. wood ravens <laughs> that's cool let's go but I haven't read Crusade rules, and I still haven't. And I've had the book like eight months or whatever it is, and I still haven't read the Crusade rules. I've got no idea how it works. <laughs> well, so so one day, yeah. one day I'll read the Crusade rules, and that will become a thing. Yeah, I've always wanted to do like a narrative campaign. I'm right. Trying, like as much as I am a competitive gamer, I do like the story. You know, it's a bit of a meme that I like it. Um, 
but it's like I w- if I want if I'm gonna do it, I want to do it well. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like it's like no offense to anyone who makes makes any sort of content, but like to me, narrative it's a it's it's got to be more about the story mm. rather than the game that's happening. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I've always wanted to make like a like a movie type thing, like a movie project, nice. but the game is happening as well. Nice. You know. So there we we might. So. I mean, I will say so. So before when we had that like brief period where we were sort of allowed to see other human beings but also you had to you know do social distancing and everything and before we all went back into lockdown like ed and i did a little bit of a little bit of crusade um and our experience of it i think was it was it's pretty good there's some good mechanics obviously it was pretty underdeveloped at the time because there wasn't i mean still is but there there just aren't the codexes with the unique crusade rules which i think will make the difference but Mm. one of the things we found and it links to what you're saying about the narrative and it it is that (laughs) there was always a danger that people's crusade stuff would just be like I'm going to just make this like particular character. Oh, his, his narrative is he's the best. He's just the best at everything. He's like oh, yeah. the toughest, most dangerous yeah. character and you can't kill They'll him. Be a good combo. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. Well, narrative play, cool. You fine. need like a <laughs> independent party to do all your upgrades yeah. for you. Yes, yeah. You yeah. Know? What, tell them, explain the battle to them and be like, okay, you upgrade all the characters now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is what happened in the game and this is, and they're going to be like, okay, because of this, you're going to get this, you know? Rather than being like, I won, so I'm going to take this, 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 and this. This is the best. Thank well, you. That's, Bye. That's a very similar <laughs> thing to uh, what Liam and Winters were doing with um, their Champion mm-hmm. of Chaos series. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They were, they were yeah. rolling for everything when they had like tables to mm-hmm. pick things off, and they, they're not assholes, so they, they weren't just like, and he's the <laughs> most powerful. Yeah, it is. It, is, it does, <laughs> does depend on that honesty thing, right? Because that, that mm. I think, was the experience for some yeah. of the campaign where it's like, we're all spe- I was like, we're all supposed to be rolling for this. Like, yeah, and it's like, okay, so your guy has managed to get the ideal thing off every table with your rolls. That's really clever. <laughs> That's really cool how you've done that. <laughs> in Crusade, you pick, a, you pick an MVP, don't that you? that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you you pick pick an, so you pick I, I got my opponent to pick my MVP for me because it's more of a... Uh, that's a better way to do Makes it. Sense. Yeah. Who was the scariest? <laughs> you know? That's a good idea. Or just some like random yeah. like single guardsman who's done something heroic and is the only sole survivor of his <laughs> unit. It's like, yeah, this is Jeff. He's now got a thunderhammer. Yeah. <laughs> that that drone was really Thanks, good. Jeff. <laughs> I mean, that's Jeff. kind of so, but, but that's kind of what I'm doing with uh, with my army and like tracking all the deeds and stuff. Like, I I've yet to try this, but I want to see how that slots into Crusade. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if don't know if Quips has messaged you about this, Mikey, but he's got he's got like a talking about spreadsheets. He has got a hell of a spreadsheet with all of his like all of his individual custodies and what they've been up to in every single game. Although I don't know if he's acknowledged them oh, getting God. absolutely blended by Rich's blade guard, so who knows? But the vic- the victory is only the victory recorded. Wait, did I win that game? <laughs> yeah, you won by a point, but I did kind of help you win, so. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> savage. <laughs> custodies always win. Yeah. Uh, your shield captain did get munched by my lieutenant, but don't worry about that. Oh fuck you! No, no. So, so look on on that on that note. Um, I think let's uh, let's 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 bring it bring it to the end. And even though I hate saying on that note, because I have to acknowledge that then the final thing was quips to saying custodies are great. But anyway, we'll move past that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So um, look, Mikey, thank you very much for joining us, and it's really good to hear that there are some exciting plans in the works for the future, and obviously for hellstorm wargaming and taking that forward so um where can people find you on the interwebs uh usually getting told off on reddit (laughs) 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 
but yeah. <laughs> youtube.com slash hellstorm wargaming you can find all the links there you can check it out drop us a sub and leave a like on at least one video and you don't have to watch any more that's all i ask <laughs> you can watch more <laughs> <laughs> just just leave loads of comments about like about mikey's armies it'll be fine it'll be fine he won't put them in a video yeah, later yeah. <laughs> The, the latest one is investment um we're trying to get like people talk about investment in comments so like housing investment stocks investment because like youtube algorithm is funny so it like reads comments of what they're all on about <laughs> and then it'll show ads related to it oh that's funny and um and then it, housing investments are like pay a lot more than normal ad rates so like something for like coca-cola will pay one amount and then housing investment or stocks investment will pay a lot more <laughs> so, <laughs> So it's actually finance. It's actually a financial meme. <laughs> it's like you, you're, you're all beaming for me, but I'm also getting more money. For it. <laughs> I am actually, I am actually now going to go onto your channel and try and write the most ridiculous comment I can come up with that blends the the, the Mortarian with like the uh, possibility of buying commercial property in the Northwest. <laughs> someone said something like i can't remember it was like something about investment from logar or something i've been reading the book of logar for these investments <laughs> in like, someone's, someone's invested in the biomass of tyranids or something like that so there's some been really like proper cl proper clutch ones i've been really enjoying them Stonks. Uh, but yeah leave a comment about housing investment um how about how this video helped you get very good stocks, <laughs> how it made many happy returns, and et cetera, et cetera. That'd be very helpful. Thank you. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, quick, Quipster, where can people find you, mate? Uh, people can find me on Instagram and YouTube. If you just search Quipster Nerd, I will turn up. And what about you, Ed? Uh, normally criticizing Mikey on Reddit, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. outside of that, uh, the Sandman Hobby on Instagram and YouTube. Nice. And you, Rich, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram, on Reza Prime, and when my computer finally arrives on YouTube as Reza Prime. Nice. And <laughs> I've been Adam. I am on Instagram at ADR Wargaming, also on YouTube and Twitter at ADR Wargaming. And you can find us all on uh, Instagram at TheConclave40K. Um, so check us out, give us a like, give us a follow, and, uh, and yeah, we will talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.